Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What up, everybody? It is 10 a.m. in the District of Columbia. Points north, south, east, and west. Me and B-Mitch together again out west in Ashburn, VA. Good morning, Brian. How you doing? What up, brother? How you doing? Uh, I'm good, dude. We are out here getting ready. Uh, We get to meet the coordinators today. Cliff Kingsbury, Joe Witt are going to speak to the media this afternoon. A lot of interest around that, I would say. Uh, I think, you know, especially with Kingsbury, a guy that that comes in with a a fairly high profile to be an OC. Um, Joe Witt's the kind of guy that's like a young a, a aspiring candidate that the young up and coming defensive uh coordinator which i think in about five years that'll be the, the lore of uh the nfl what the thing that kind of got us talking this morning which i imagine bugged landfill because we forgot to put our headphones on and we were just talking ball but uh the niners decide to get rid of steve wilkes yeah um i seems you know, like a scapegoat type situation to do me you think it is Bro, you give up 19 points to the Kansas City Chiefs in a regulation. In regulation, and you had multiple opportunities to score offensively, and you don't, and then you let a guy go. Listen, I know they're saying that, well, it just didn't work out. No, you just didn't make me look good enough. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the Niners over the course of the season, they were third defensively in points allowed, eighth in yards allowed, um, generated the fifth most turnovers in the league. Um I, I don't know, man. If you watch the Super Bowl, I don't know that their defense was the problem. I, I think you could look at, honestly, the way they were getting gashed in the run game against the Packers and the Lions, I think might be a problem. Um, I just, it, that seems like a pretty damn convenient. Like, oh, we lost. I got to do something. Um, doesn't it? <laughs> but but think about it. You can dislike the way it looks, but we didn't win in the Super Bowl, and I'm making changes. How many times we didn't win in regular season for four or five games in a row and no changes were made? I at least like the fact that they're saying, you know what, we got to get better. Although you damn near perfect, you have to get better. You know, I – I, I at least like that situation, that part of it. Yeah, you know what was funny is I saw this. Um, Calvin Watkins has covered. I want to say it was Calvin Watkins. Maybe it was somebody else. It was a, a tweet last night that kind of went viral um, on the decision to get rid of Wilkes. And it was just like, if you look at everything that happened with with the Niners in that Super Bowl, I mean, to me, I, 
The biggest stuff I would point to, outside of Kyle's decision to take the football in overtime, Mm -hmm. like the only decision-making thing I saw that is really questionable anyway was the decision to take the football in overtime. How about the uh, three three and outs in a row when you're not running the football when you have been gashing? Sure. You but know, that, that goes down. They hadn't run well. the ball that – I mean, CMC was still under four yards per carry. But, like, the two biggest plays, the blocked extra point and the muff punt. Yeah. Like, that's not on coaching, either of those. You know no, what I mean? that's like, not on coaching, but I, I still think this, okay? I, I know we get caught up in stats where you feel we have to run over four yards of carry. If you're getting 3.8 yards of carry, 3.6 yards of carry, 3.9 yards of carry, it's under four, but you still have a threat of the run. But when you just dismiss it completely, you're going to have a problem right there. Because what a defense does now, oh, they don't want to run it? Cool. Pin years back. So I, I just think that it's the flow. And one thing about it, the San Francisco 49ers run the ball effectively all the time. And if they keep running it, even if they hadn't gotten it, some stuff, that is what you do great. You never want to get rid of what you do great in the, best, in the, the biggest moment of the year. Did Kansas, did Kansas City go away from what the hell uh, they were doing all year? No, right. they went right back to it. And I want to say our condolences go out to the family I mean, that lost, uh, lost uh, a family member Between yesterday. What happened in D.C. yesterday and what happened yeah, in Kansas it's, City it's, yesterday? I mean, I think our country better get a hold on this crap because now the criminals and the bad dudes think that they have a right to just do what the hell they want because in a lot of places no one is uh, going out and prosecuting you. Do it to the fullest. You'll stop. You'll start uh, stopping the other people who think it's okay to do something. Just go do it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think people come to us for a distraction from all that stuff, but it's just it, hard to be distracted when it's happening on a daily basis. At a Super Bowl parade, and then what, I mean, what happened in, in D.C. was abhorrent. Uh, it, it's all just awful, and, and maybe smarter people than me can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, here was the tweet I wanted to read. This is from Clarence Hill. Cowboys reporter. Um, I think we've had Clarence on the on the show before. Yeah, um, this is so Sean Merriman, who we both know and, and like, uh, lights out. Tweeted. He just tweeted the update, the news update. I don't understand this one at all. As far as Steve Wilkes being fired from the Niners, right? Mm-hmm. Clarence Hill quote tweeted that and said he didn't touch that punt. He didn't tell Bosa crash on that fourth and one when he had contained. He didn't get Greenlaw hurt. He didn't make McCaffrey fumble. He didn't miss the extra point. He didn't settle for field goals on the final two drives on offense. So tell me again, how is it Wilkes' fault? Um, <laughs> I largely agree with that. He may have, in fact, told Bosa to crash on fourth and one. But beyond that, there's, there's so much in that game, unless, and I don't know enough, and maybe you do be, maybe there had been problems there throughout the season or it just wasn't going great, something. But, like, if that decision is a result of the Super Bowl, it certainly seems misguided. Well, I can say this. Uh, Steve Wilkes believes in himself. We all know Kyle believes in himself. And sometimes people that are in charge that believe in themselves can't handle somebody else telling them about themselves. And when you're not the final decision maker, those things can happen. But if you watch that game, that team for the whole year, there's nothing anywhere that shows publicly that Steve Wilkes should be let go. Now, if it's behind closed doors and you don't agree with each other, but the thing about it, you agreed enough to be, what were their record? Like 12 and 5 or something like that? Niners were better than that. So if you agree, if you got to a record nope, like you're that, absolutely right. 12 you got to a record like that, guess what? Something is working. 
And what I've always said in football, in life, you're not going to totally agree with everybody you work with. But you got to learn how to deal with it because if if the person you're working with is better for the success of your team, I can deal with the little gripes every once in a while. But if I'm going to get somebody that's just going to listen to everything I say and it doesn't work out for the best of the team, that's going to be a major problem. So looking at them next year, we'll see. They better hope the hell they go 11 wins or higher because they may drop off. You never know. Yeah, I mean, and they've lost – a ton on that coaching staff, right? The year mm-hmm. before, D'Amico Ryans gets the job in Houston. They've lost a lot of offensive coaches. Um, I, it's going to be interesting what happens there. It just feels like there's the pressure surrounding that organization must just be immense. It is. Now like, that you've lost two Super Bowls. <sighs> we all think that pressure uh, builds when you're losing. When you get to the big one and you don't get over the hump, that pressure builds even more. Because those expectations rise. I would love to be able to talk to somebody from uh, Buffalo when they went to four straight and oh, lost dude. them. I would want to know what was the pressure level, the first one, compared to the fourth one. Well, <laughs> I remember, and obviously I was a kid, but I remember watching it, and I remember that the last two, when they got to the Super Bowl against the Giants, they were favored. Yeah. I think – were they favored against you guys? Do you even remember? I don't know if they were favored against us, but in our locker room they weren't. Yeah, I find it hard to believe they were. But by the time they got to the two against the Cowboys, I think they upset teams to even get to the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. I think, I, I like, I don't think people expected them to get back, and I kind of think the national expectation was they were going to get their ass kicked. But still, that doesn't change what the pressure yeah. felt like there. Now, let's think about it. the Giants were underdogs. So two times they got oh, there with damn. the guy. The Skins were a seven-point favorite in that Super Bowl. Yeah, and it happened. But you know what? If you listen to Buffalo and you listen to all the pundits all week, you wouldn't have, think, you wouldn't have thought that. I Listen, I but don't remember well enough. I kind of think that might have been Coach Joe in your head. No, because no, no, if you're it, a, if it, you're it a touchdown Joe, favorite. It was really their team and a lot of the, the reporters that were just talking about how high-powered their offense was. Nobody yeah. gave a damn. But the ultimate thing is... They were a touchdown favorite against the Bills. I imagine some New Yorkers made a lot of money on that Super Bowl. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. So here's what... The Wilkes thing reminds me of something. And, and as we go into today's press conferences here with an offensive and a defensive coordinator. Yeah. It's a self-preservation league, baby. It is. But I just think that sometimes we got to get past it. That, and when I am asked questions about the greatest coaches, naturally it's Coach Gibbs. Sure. With Andy Reid being a close second. But we saw an incident with Andy Reid and uh, Travis Kelsey. And I was listening to everybody around the country talk about it. Then I talked to the big man. And the big man had no issue with it at all because he, he stepped and went off balance. And you can see how Wichcomb goes to grab him, not to – Push him, went to grab him, and Andy stumbled because of the yeah, hip the replacement hip, he had. Right. And he, his, his words are, you know, we deal with stuff like that all the time. We in a, in the heat of battle, but that man doesn't allow the heat of the battle situation to dictate what he does when it's not the heat of the battle. And I think ultimately, when you're a coach, just like a police officer or anything else, you can't allow your little personal gripes to allow you to re- react in a certain way. You have to be the bigger person. 
And when a coach cannot get past that little personal thing, that's going to haunt you in the long run. Agree with that. Um, I don't know. Good luck to the Niners. It, it feels like they're in scramble mode. I don't know what will happen there. Um, I would be because, you know what, <laughs> one thing I know about uh, athletics, you're not going to be 100% healthy every year. Right. Most part, windows closed. there man. are guys that really matter. Their D-line and their O-line has been intact for a good period of time. They start to miss out on some of those guys. That stuff is going to go south. That that window closes real quick. They've got some cap trouble. I mean, as it is currently constituted, they're over the cap going into 24. They've got a little less than a month to get some of that cleaned up. I mean, just looking at this outside looking in, it, some of it doesn't look that hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Trent has a $31 million cap number with no guarantees on there. I imagine you extend that. Yeah. Prorate that bonus out, pay convert some of that. Um, you know, I what is Bosa's deal? It, Bosa's getting paid, bro. Ah, uh, I, I know he got the huge number, but he doesn't have much guarantees, and his cap number is pretty low. Yeah, but you know what? You got a guy like Bosa who's still producing at a high level. A guy like Trent, you're not letting those guys walk out your door. Because what they're going to do is end up going to a place like Seattle and play against you. Oh, I I, I don't think any of these guys are going yeah. anywhere. But they're going to have to make some sense of some of this. I mean, you've got just the cap numbers. You've got five dudes with a $20 million cap number or higher. <laughs> Trent, Debo, Eric Armstead, is, his cap number's eight with no guarantees on there. Uh-huh. Um, Fred Warner's 25 with no guarantees on there. George Kittle's 22 with no guarantees on there. They're going to have to do some massaging, clearly. Oh, yeah. Um, and if they got the right people, they can manipulate it. But, well, dude, in the front office. You got to wonder, they lost their number three guy. Like, how much does not having Adam Peters impact them going forward? Or does it? Maybe it doesn't. But I would argue it will. Yeah, you think. But sometimes, you know, people have their, their, their S in order. Sure, okay. sure. And if they may have guys that still know how to do it. I've always felt if you don't know how to manipulate this salary cap and keep that intact, that that's as, as important as having a quarterback. Because a guy can't handle the numbers and put them in the right position, you're going to lose out. Well, and I think a lot of handling the numbers of manipulating the salary cap is a willingness to spend a lot of cash. Yeah. And I think if you wonder why things were if, – if you remember – Ron Ron said it once, and I think he kind of didn't mean to say it, but Ron talked about the philosophy for Washington was cash to cap, where they didn't want to necessarily be converting everything to bonuses because the bonuses you had to pay right away, but you could but they counted against the cap over years. So it basically meant like technically there's a salary cap that can all spend the same amount, right? Yeah. But you could spend more now and spread it out over a number of years and then have more talent right now. Yeah. Like, if you look at how the Rams did it, what that Niners team has done, like... Cash flow was the problem. Yeah, and and I think... B, I don't know if you agree with this, but we suggested this, I think, in late December, that, you know, if they do go defensive guy, the OC hire is going to be really fascinating, and we talked about how, you know, there's no cap when it comes to building out a coaching staff. Yeah. 
And these guys have deep pockets and are willing. Well, we didn't know the willingness, but we suggested it would be. But we're looking at the coaching staff right now. We knew the ability (laughs) to pay. I mean, dude, Kingsbury's making five a year, don't you think? I would think close to that. I mean, what is Anthony Lynn making to come here? Three? But you got to realize, no, it may not be because – you, you if he had any stuff left on his contract, right. he's still getting paid from those. So you don't, you might not have to spend as much. So getting some of these guys and former head coaches or D coordinators and things of that nature, they may be still getting paid from another team. So that may offset it a little bit. And sure, not, that's even brilliance right there. But think about Quinn, Dan Quinn. I don't know this, but has been the coordinator in Dallas for three years. Uh-huh. Typically. Coordinator contracts run three years. Yeah. So it's entirely possible that's not being offset by anything. Mm-hmm. And what do you think Quinn's making? Eight? Well, yeah, but see, the head coach is going to make What do you think Quinn was making at, as D.C. at Dallas? Probably about three, three to four. I was going to say five. But, but, yeah, I mean. But let's think about it, though. It's what you build. And right now, you're looking at them add people in. Randy's my guy. But I, do you think that they got more experience at the position now? They're starting to put with Lynn. Yeah, yeah. They're putting more experience in these positions now. People that have been around and had some level of success, which is now making your your coaching staff look even more sexy. You know what I'm saying? So ultimately, I just see that this is something good that's going on for them right now, and nothing is guaranteed. But they seem to be getting the people in place and the group together to make things uh, give you a better chance. Well, dude. Let's just do some rough math here, mm-hmm. all right? I got Quinn probably making eight a year. We're not worried about offsets, just the total compensation. Yeah. Say Quinn's at eight. I think Cliff's probably at five. I don't know if he's that high. I'm thinking about that now. I don't know if Cliff he's that or, high. or Quinn. Cliff. I can go with I can go with Quinn because he has experience and things of that nature. Ron was making about seven, so right. I would see him somebody going up. You want to say Cliff's at three? I go by three to three five. Okay. So we're at 11. Uh, Wit to get him out of Dallas where they take care of people. I know we got the promotion, but I got Wit at a mill. Probably a little bit more than that. All right. but yeah. So we'll call it 13 for the head coach and the two coordinators. Mm-hmm. Um, Larry Izzo, special teams coordinator. Mm-hmm. It's a mill, right? Probably so. So we're at 14. Then you get down to the staff. Anthony Lynn's not coming cheap. Nope. Brian Johnson from Philly has options. Nope. I mean, I, I think you can get to – now, they did retain Tavita Pritchard, who's probably on a, a, a lesser deal. But you see what they're doing right now, probably have a $20 now, million dollar coaching staff. They're building a coaching staff where we can basically say – we can designate. I don't, I don't have to over uh, – what's it called? Uh, micromanage because I'm hiring people with enough experience where I can say – Go do your job, and we report later. Instead of having a head coach who has to micromanage every damn thing. I was thinking about it as I was driving here. Our last head coach was micromanaging who was hired in other positions, which is not his job, especially when it's outside of the coaching staff. Now, I imagine last year Ron, Eric, and Jack, between the three they of them. They made about three to three five. I bet the three of them were probably clear in 12, 13. Yeah. But I bet the rest of that fell off in a hurry. True. Um, you know what does not fall off in a hurry? ESPN Bet. That's right. ESPN Bet is now live in the DMV. As the official sports book of ESPN, ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. 
Sign up today and new users get 100 bucks in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present within the state of Maryland or Virginia to participate. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See the app for details. Beamage stealing my paper. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, everyone. It's 1030 in Ashburn, Virginia, and up and down the East Coast. That would make it 730 if you're out west listening. I don't know. Maybe you wake up with us in uh, Santa Clara, California. Maybe Um, you do. Big day today. In Ashburn as the coordinators, Cliff Kingsbury and Joe Witt will be introduced to the media. We'll get to chat with them a bit. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to kind of – my biggest thing with Cliff, we know you were a head coach. We know you've been involved in quarterback development. What's your plan for the quarterback position here? And my biggest thing for Witt is, yo, you have a track record of making secondaries really good. The secondary has been a disaster here. How do you fix it? There you go. Um, but zooming out some, I, I do think there is a, a talent gap in Washington. Certainly if you look inside the division at at Dallas and Philly, I think there's a talent gap. It is, but what if the development was the issue? And sure. what if some of these guys here, let's just go, the guys on the roster right now, what if they play 10, 15% better? I think that changes the way things look. Uh, we're looking at one guy. I keep looking at thinking about Jamin Davis, a guy who came in with all his athleticism but but did, was not allowed to use it. And when you first try to put him at middle linebacker, you take away some of the athleticism of a guy when you put him at middle linebacker. Then you start putting him in positions. But when I saw him rush sometimes, the guy has a very uncanny ability, but he wasn't allowed to do it a lot. As I look at, I look around, everybody lined up and ran the scheme instead of anybody. We talk about how talented John and, and Duran are. And those two, how, how they ran games so good. Why wasn't that a bigger part of your game, of your game plan? Yeah. It's like we were we were like, okay, I drew it up. I'm going to put him in a position. This is what they're going to do. Instead of saying, this guy has this ability. Let me use him differently in some things to put a little bit more innovation into it. I don't disagree that ta- talent can be can play better. 
development can become more of a priority for sure. We haven't seen a ton of development here over the last four years. Mm-hmm. It's just the truth. I think it'd be great if you could get more out of Jamin. Um, it'd be great if you get more out of Emmanuel Forbes. I think offensively, if you get Dotson back to what he looked like as a rookie, you yeah. know what I mean? Like there is some talent that either underperformed or wasn't in put, put in positions to succeed last year. But I, I still think they need to add more. They've just missed too much in free agency and the draft. Um, ESPN put together, I think this is a combination of different people, um, but ESPN put together kind of a list of biggest offseason priorities. Mm-hmm. And, and if you look at Washington, if they can nail this offseason – they can turn this thing around fairly quick. Houston may have set like a unreasonable example to follow, but if you can follow Houston, you can turn this thing around real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at this, they've got about sixty-five million in effective cap space, um, about seventy-five in total cap space. But they're going to have to sign all these rookies, including a number two overall pick. Um, biggest offseason priority here. This is written from the ESPN.com folks. Um, Revamping the front office and coaching staff is obviously the first thing on the list. They've done that. Adam Peters, Dan Quinn. Then they've got to figure out quarterback. They've got an assistant GM on the squad as well. Yeah, but do you know him, Newmark? I don't don't know him. You know that he got his start as a scout for Bobby Bethard when Bethard was running the Chargers? Damn. It's a long time ago, Jay. It, yes, indeed. <laughs> but I think you got to like that. If you're if you're an old school Skins fan, the fact that the new AGM got his start working for Bethard should matter. I think. Yeah. Um, it's funny because one thing you, I mean, hell, all walks of life. If you are an accountant or an insurance agent or whatever you do, you can always write your resume to look really good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes by saying I work with this person. Well, dude, Lance Newmark has been a scout, a grinder that people really appreciate and respect, right? And right now he's able to be like, dude, I'm coming from Detroit. Look at all the hits we've had. And that's true. Detroit has been really good for the last few seasons. Yes, they have. But they've been awful for a really long time. Yeah. But it's funny how you can make a resume look different. He's been in Detroit for 26 years. Mm. They just won their first playoff game since 91. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you can look at the last couple seasons, how well they've drafted, or you can look at 25 years of that. I'm cool or with it. you can say, well, in the last three years, I was making the decision. Of course. I was listening to somebody else in the first 20-something years. Uh, and he was a scout. He wasn't right. in this position for 28 years, 26 years. Well, it, it's like with uh, with Peters, who I really like, and I think that's by far the, the most important hire they've made, frankly. Mm-hmm. I, I, I buy into Peters all the way. But, like, if you believe Skins fans on Twitter, they're like, oh, no, he had nothing to do with Trey Lance. And maybe he didn't. Who knows? Well, that's fans, but like, that's fans that are trying to make it to where they can be totally into it. They don't know that. They don't have a clue. 
I mean, it's just crazy, dude. It's just crazy. But that said, I, I like everything they're putting together here. Um, you do have, I mean, the, by far the biggest offseason priority is quarterback, right? Yeah. We both have to get a new GM. Right. Yeah. You got GM, you got your staff put together, now it's quarterback time. 100%. We both believe they're going to draft somebody at two. I don't. I, I, I believe that. Are you of the same mindset? Yeah. Um, that's not to say, like, what would you, I'm at like 90 chips they're going to draft somebody at number two. And then I'd be at eight more chips that they draft somebody. Maybe they trade back or something. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, I mean, maybe I allow for some craziness, some wild card. I can't go with the craziness. I think you, this is too important of a draft to try craziness. I, I agree with you, B. Yeah. I agree with you. But I'm just saying, like, I mean, is, aren't they going to release Russell Wilson? Like, who knows? But who knows? But I, I'm overwhelmingly believing they're going to draft a quarterback at number two. And it doesn't care who you like, who you don't. Mm-hmm. Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams. We have a lot of time to, to try to figure out what that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say is an under-the-radar off-season priority? Under-the-radar off-season priority. Uh, I don't know if it's really under-the-radar. Sure. I mean, I, when you go 4-13 and 13, – like, if you're a team that goes 9-8 and eight and mm-hmm. you just miss out on the playoffs, you're going to have some under-the-radar priorities. See, when I look at – You go 4-13, and 13, everything's kind of above the radar. I just look at the strength of San Francisco's defense. Those linebackers are damn good. Think about what happened when Greenlaw went out. Yeah. Maybe Andy would have just schemed something different for Kelsey to get open anyway. Mm-hmm. But it, there was a hell of a coincidence that Greenlaw gets hurt and then Kelsey takes over in the second half. Dude, I mean, the Ravens invest in linebackers. Like, these good teams. The Lions, if we're pointing to the Lions as our model, just drafted a first-round linebacker, and everybody's like, oh, what are you doing? You balled e- out. Even the dude, um, and and I wish I remember which Twitter, commander's Twitter person it was, but when the uh, Chiefs drafted. Kalafkis? Uh, no, he's a good player. But the, the kid, Chanel, the Wisconsin linebacker, he was a third rounder in 22. So 22 was when they took Dotson in the first, right? Mm-hmm. There were people in, in Commander's Twitter space that were all about drafting this kid. And all he's done is play every game and make a ton of tackles. Mm. Um, the mindset is so much offensively. And I think ultimately if you can slow down offenses – in this day and age, you can win football games because you get the same rules on your offense as they do. Right. And if your defense is good enough to slow theirs down, that gives you chances of winning. They go way up. Yeah, I, I would say O-line probably needs a significant rebuild. Yeah. Um, you're right, the linebacker position. I don't know what's going to happen in the secondary. Um, Cam Curl's free agent. Kendall Fuller, the contract situation looks kind of interesting there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got Forrest coming back from injury. Quad looked good the, sec- the last month of the season. Mm-hmm. He did. I, I, there's a lot to try to figure out here. Um, 
There's also a quarterback question beyond number two. Like, who starts week one? What is the plan for a rookie quarterback? Do you need a veteran? Do you need three quarterbacks? How does Jacoby Brissett fit into all of this? Does he even fit? I mean, Jacoby had a one-year deal. We're going to tell you the answer when we come back, and we're giving away Caps tickets. Hey, Landville, will you check on Jeff for me? I don't know what he's doing this morning. What are you talking about, JP? I mean, did you see what Landville put in the text thread? <laughs> you all right? <laughs> do not listen to Landfill, bro. I'm they drinking say in the desert juice. that's a good thing to do, though. I'm just saying, like. You just got to heat it up a little bit, when, burn the impurities, and you can go with it. When you got no options, I understand. But, Jeff, they got a water fountain in the kitchen. <laughs> bro, I'm drinking apple juice, bro. <laughs> Landfill, what is it? I mean, it might be apple juice, but. It might not. It, it, it looks like not. something else, Landfill? Yeah. Oh, boy. You got a lot of vitamins in that one. All right. If anybody wants to talk to Jeff right now, you can do it. Caller number 10 to 800-636-1067. You will win two tickets to see the Caps play Monday, February 26th against the Ottawa Senators at Capital One Arena. For tickets and the complete cap schedule, visit thefandc.com slash contest, courtesy of the Washington Capitals. Caps. Um, a good win for my Terps last night. Did you watch any of that? No. Dude, they were losing the whole game and then came back at the end. Impressive effort. Some some guts were shown. I was I was appreciative of that. Even the Wiz played pretty tough. I was pulling for one game last night. Detroit, Detroit Mercy. Baby. Yeah, man. <laughs> Bees, I hope you're listening. <laughs> Way to go, Denton. Denton was on one with that. Um Detroit Mercy, baby. And Bees called. I called Bees after the show. He's like, I don't know how you can take Detroit. They've lost every game. And I was like, Bees, that's exactly why we're taking Detroit. So, uh, Denton, Denton was on to that one. Um, B, what do you do with Sam Howell? And do you need a veteran quarterback presence? It's not a. You don't. I don't think you need. You don't need one hundred percent. You would like to have, but I think Sam is. Uh, you, you keep him on the roster. It's not very expensive. No. And also, you know, he has some capabilities. And let's get this straight: you bring in a guy now that people consider a quarterback whisperer. So if you get him to be to be better, you improve the offensive line. That's a legitimate backup right there for you. Now you are not suggesting ride another year with Sam as your starter. I take it. I didn't say that. Yeah. Okay. Because I listen, man. I understand what the olden days were. <laughs> older days where you draft the guy, you let him sit forever. In this day and age, you draft somebody that that at the first round, in the top five, they're playing. Because I know people go, "Oh, you let him sit and they can learn." Let them sit and learn what? You let them play, they can learn too. But you improve the people around them so they don't get beat the hell up while they're learning. Sam Howell next year costs you a little more than a million dollars in salary cap number. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's shown he can play at the NFL level, some good, some bad. I think he is certainly a qualified backup quarterback. Um, do you have any questions, though, about a rookie and a third-year guy as your only two QBs on the roster? You always have a third one sitting somewhere. 
like Joe Flacco was on practice squad before he became a starter this year up there in uh, yeah, but not. He didn't join that practice squad until it was clear there was a path to But still, they didn't just bring him in and just throw him immediately there. So you can bring in a guy if you want, but what is it going to cost you? I think that is what you have to think about. What that veteran player will cost based off of how you're trying to build your roster right now. If it's going to be something relatively inexpensive, yes. If it's going to be inexpensive and you expect him to sit on the bench, that's the problem. Jacoby made 8 mil last year. Okay. Um. You know, you start getting down the list of guys that, that maybe are the right type of person. Because I think a lot of it is being the right type of person to handle this kind of role, too. I'll say this. Whoever you draft, you need to make sure your other quarterbacks are basically of the same ilk. Same type of player. Yeah. I don't want to see if we were to draft a Caleb or either even a Jay, Danny Daniels. I don't want to see that guy. Backed up by the backup Darnold. guys be somebody that's totally different than they right, were. Right, Because you see in Baltimore, all their quarterbacks are basically the same. Yeah. Huntley's Wait, actually a free agent. That that Robert uh, Kirk thing, don't want to see that again. Didn't make a ton of sense. Yeah. Because um, you have to change your whole offense relatively for the next person. Tannehill? How much is it going to cost? A lot. It's not, like, everything will come to cost. As I look at the extra quarterback you throw on the roster. Who do you think is older, Tannehill or Kirk? Mm, they came out around the same time. Report that she well, didn't give me that as a choice. You could have just said, since when do you care what choices but I But I'm give saying, you? you said, who's the oldest? Um, I'm sure <laughs> one of them's technically older. I doubt they were born the same day. Um, well, they're both 36 right now. Let me know if I'm right. Who'd you guess, Tannehill? Yeah. All right, I'll look it up. <laughs> All right, Tannehill. Moment of truth here. Tannehill was born in January first. No, July twenty seventh of eighty eight. And Kirk was born in August. Tannehill was, was the he? Oldest. We said it yesterday. Kirk Cousins is a. I think August seventeenth or something oh, like that? August nineteenth. Nineteenth. There you go. What do you think the that was like a hundred dollar thing you said, right? That was not. Um, what do you think the free agency market for Kirk coming off a, a major injury is going to look like? You think it impacts him? I think it's going to impact him based off of how far along he is. See, we can sit up here and think about Michael Vick when he came back. No, 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 no. Was it Mike? Mike came back from yeah, like fast as hell. Well, he. I don't think it was injury. It was dog I thought the, fighting. No, who was it? No, Agent Peterson. That that was his uh, that ACL, was his knee. though. Yeah. But, like, this Achilles thing, we don't know exactly how he's going to have it. I know back in the day, guys put the big old boot on and the, the ankle thing and played with it. Will it affect Kirk? Would you rather have Kirk or Baker Mayfield? And, and, and I'm guessing Mayfield's at a reduced cost. You don't think Mayfield is going back to uh, Tampa? I do. After having a year like this? I do. But yeah. I'm, I'm asking you, like, you're in charge. You can make a run at either guy. Would you rather have Kirk or Baker? I would take the Baker from last year because he has a lot more you years get, left. You get all of Baker, <laughs> last year and previous years. Well, I think he's learned and he's now on that right track. I'll take Baker because I think Kirk, with his, with his injury and now being higher up there, his, he, he don't have as much left as uh, Baker does. 
Baker turns 29 in April. Mm-hmm. Um, and best I can tell, never had the big injury that Kirk just sustained. Kirk's about to turn 36. Baker's going to be 29. So that's a seven-year age difference. Mm-hmm. And, dude, I think we kind of sleep on how good Baker was last year. No, he was good. That's what I'm saying. I'll take Baker from last year. Um, not a ton of yardage, but over 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns against 10 picks. Not a ton of yards. He's over 4,000 yards. Hell, in 17 games in the modern NFL, 4,000 yards ain't that much. 4,000 yards is a lot compared to not many people are going to be getting over 5,000 all the time. He averaged 240 a game. That's legit. Well, dude, and you know what else is remarkable that I, I feel like kind of gets under-talked about? I mean, Baker has now won two playoff games with two different organizations that haven't been winning a heck of a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's not fair to say with Tampa because they just won a Super Bowl a couple of years with yeah. Brady. But, I mean, Cleveland hadn't won a playoff game in how long? Ever. Um, I wonder – I mean, it seems like a foregone conclusion Baker stays in Tampa, but I almost wonder if there shouldn't be more talk around Baker than there is. It's going to probably be a lot. I think technically he has a void year left on his deal, so maybe that gives the Bucks some level of control. I, I I don't know. I mean, it's just a straight-up void year, so I think it just gets X'd out. But maybe they're working on a long-term deal. I mean, here's my thing. If I, did, if I had to do a long-term deal with either Kirk or Baker, I think I might be feel more comfortable long-term with Kirk, even though he's older, even though he's coming off the injury. Baker? I feel like, Kirk, you can settle down, get married, have children. You know we're going to mow the grass and take the trash out and, and function. But he's going to be focusing on just the process. Baker, you don't know what you're going to get. I yeah. might want to date Baker. I might just want to chill and have well, some wild yeah. nights. And If you don't want to have a lot of fun, you better go with the dating. And... <laughs> I'm saying, like, <laughs> if I have to give one of those two a four-year deal, I might lean Kirk. But if I can do one year, just pay you a lot. Let's see what we got. Let's see if we can recreate this magic. I think I go Baker. That's what he did last year. Speaking of recreating the magic, John Kime joins us next. B. Mitch Finley, 1067, the fan. It's funny. Uh, B and I were both just on the pa- the uh, website for the commanders. It looks like some stuff's just kind of becoming official. Um, it seems like they just revamped a bunch of this stuff on the coaches page. Uh, Brian Johnson is now assistant head coach, offensive pass game coordinator. Anthony Lynn, run game coordinator, running backs coach. Mm-hmm. Um, did we know this one yet? And maybe this has been reported. I just missed it. David Blau, assistant QB coach. Remember Blau got a few starts in Detroit a few years back? I saw that pop up uh, when I was leaving uh, this morning when I saw the guy, the the assistant GM pop up too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, helping us make sense of all of it is our friend, Mr. John Keim from ESPN. Johnny, what's up, man? How are you? What up? What up, guys? How are you? We're good, brother. How you doing? I'm all right. Um, Kyle, you know, we're all going to be out here later today talking to the coordinators. This staff is pretty much kind of getting finalized now. I, I imagine that's everything, if not almost everything. What are your thoughts now? You know, one of the reasons a lot of folks thought they liked Dan Quinn was his ability to put together a really impressive staff. I kind of think he's done that. Yeah, it's listen. Right now, it it looks good, right? I mean, it does look right. good, and I I think well, let's see how it always plays out because 
I think in this town, you always have to have that qualifier because things have looked good in March before February, and, and it doesn't always play out that way. But I think where they're certainly in a much better spot in large part because of the power structure before I even get to the coaching staff because of the Harris, Peters, and Quinn dynamic. I think that gives them an automatic leg up over anything they've had here the past 24 years. Mm-hmm. So um, as far as the staff goes, what I like on offense is I think you have you have a, uh, you know the Cliff Kingsbury very well-versed in the pass game, of course. But I think you also have guys like Brian Johnson, um, Anthony Lynn, um, you know, and even Bobby Johnson, the line coach, who have come from different organizations where the run game is very, very, very good. And, and Kingsbury had a good run game in Arizona, but I think he is certainly a pass. He's a pass guy. That's the thing. So you need to have those guys who can do that. And I think, you know, Johnson, Brian Johnson, part of a very successful run game in, in Philadelphia with the RPOs and Jalen Hurts, um, Lynn, part of the Shanahan group. Like those are, that's, I think that's important. And I like, I think one of the things that Quinn talked about during his interviews, as well as, you know, another during his press conference, was the, the need to have a succession plan set up in case you lose guys on offense. So that way, you know, like when Kyle Shanahan left him in Atlanta, the, basically he took the whole offensive staff. So there was no continuity. How do you build that continuity? I think that, you know, if, somehow, if it goes really well and Kingsbury leaves in two years, you have guys in that staff who can elevate. And I think that's something they were looking for. Um, defensively, you know, um, I think the change is good because the defense just was not very good. And yeah. I think you have guys like Joe Witt. He knows Joe Witt. He clearly trusts him, was with him in Atlanta and Dallas. And I think that one of the things that Quinn has done is evolved as a, as a defensive coach, evolved his schemes and understood – how to use a guy like a Micah Parsons, who is mm-hmm. a bit of a unicorn. You don't just confine him. And I think that's, you know, so I th- and the coverage schemes um, in the secondary, the ability to play a variety of coverages in disguise, I think is something that's needed here as well. And so, you know, it looks good now. <laughs> sure. Everything looks good right now. I mean, but this time yeah, last exactly. year, the whole like, city all... was doing backflips to get Eric Bieniemy. But the... Yes, but yeah, they were. But there's, a, you know, part of the problem was you still had, and this is where it's going to go back to, like, all this being said, they're, they need work on the field. They need right. help on that roster. They need to get that quarterback position fixed. So all this stuff for a long-term success can be good. For immediate, I don't, we'll, we'll see. And even last year with when the enemy came, you know, he, he had to learn to be a first-time, full-time coordinator. They also had, you know, a different situation on offense that wasn't conducive to instant success. So, you know, but I think, um, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, we'll see. I mean, the results are always going to dictate if it was good or not. Yeah, yeah. If you look totally. at these coaches on this staff right now, and if you go look at some of the history, they have developed players. Yeah. I think that was a major problem with this football team, that the yeah. players weren't being developed. They were being forced into a system and forced to do something that the coach thought instead of what they were capable of doing. If they just do that better, I think the team improves. I mean, I think development is, is, is huge. And how do you get there? And I think um, we've seen that with other staffs in the past. I mean, you know, Greg Williams, I felt like was really good at that, 
but lar- mm-hmm. largely because, first of all, he had a really, really good staff. I think it starts there. You have to have a good staff. And then you have to know how do you develop a guy. You know, if you want to develop a passer, is the best way to ask him to pass 70% of the time? No. You know, like Greg Williams, what he was a master at to me when he was here was knowing, like, this player does this well. Put him in that spot. Get him comfortable in those spots and then let him grow from there. Baltimore does a great job at developing players. You know, um, how, how do you do that? With a line, you would see, like, Callahan, great at developing a young offensive linemen because of the way he worked them before and before, during, and after practice. So, there, you know, but I agree with you. Like, you have to – if you want to grow, because what happens is, as you know, like once you start to have injuries, when you're always going to have them, are there guys ready to step up? And it's not just, be, you know, yes, there's sometimes a talent drop off, but if you're prepared and developed, then you have a better chance at, at sustaining a certain level of play. Um, you know, and I think that's, that's a key, but that's a key for everybody. I agree with you there. I mean, you know, I, I said, the comment about this time last year, everybody was doing backflips for B enemy coming to town. That, that's not a shot at EB. If you go back four years from no, now, yeah. everybody was so excited that Jack Del Rio was coming to run the defense. Like generally this time of year, you buy into what teams are doing. Yeah. Um, I, I, what I do, what I care about a lot, John, and I'm curious if you land here too. Um, a lot of people that have spent time with young developing quarterbacks. And and, and I think yeah. to me the most important hire was Peters and I think the next most important decision is going to be number 2. Yeah. I and you know here's Adam Peters welcome to being a GM. Here's the biggest pick of your life. I mean Right, exactly. Like, this could now what you also saw in San Francisco is that they were boldly aggressive trying to get Trey Lance and and yet look at where they still ended up with Lance failing. Right. So it doesn't – but you still, like, this is your first pick, and so much of the next four years or so are going to be defined by this pick. And you can still build a good roster and still win or build a good team regardless of what you do at two, but it's still going to be a defining pick. So, But, yeah, I mean, Brian Johnson was part of that in Philly, and, you know, um, Tavita Pritchard is, you know, has worked with young quarterbacks, and Kingsbury worked with young quarterbacks. So that is a that is a big key, and if you if you can finally get that right, um, then that's then that is you know going to help this franchise quite a bit. I mean, you know, it's funny because you always say like it's it's really been since Theismann since you had that consistent quarterback play for multiple years, you know, and like Kirk it's was crazy. what three years, and it's just crazy how. Yeah, John, you go way back there. I mean, well, like I mean. You know, I mean, shoot, Rippon had a couple really good years, but Seisman was the most consistent over yeah. four or five years. And, you know, Kirk could have been, but but he's but he left. And it's just – but it's the point is, especially it's, especially in the last few decades where it was noticeable where you couldn't develop that, where you didn't have the rest of the roster, and the result was a, was a, was everything bad. But that's why, I point, that's why I always go back to, you know, all the staff and all that – what matters most is if you have the, the right power structure at the top of the organization, then it flows from there. And you could, you know, before you'd have Gibbs here and shoot two playoff years in four years was a dynasty under Snyder, but you didn't have the setup above him to sustain anything. And, and I think that's, yeah. that's where for all the reasons for hope going forward, it starts there, 
um, because if you don't have that, you're not going to go anywhere. As we uh, move into this new era, offense coordinator, defense coordinator, what's the most pressing question you have for either Kingsbury or Witt? Well, who's going to be the second pick for Kingsbury? Because that, you <laughs> well, know, they're not going to give I mean, you that. Can't, they're not going to give you that. No, answer. they're not. But that's the that's the one I want to know. Um, I think, <laughs> you know, I, I don't I don't know because I think for Wit, I would, you know, we're going to get a chance to ask him today about you know philosophy and all that. Um, but I think so much of it is going to be determined. Like we're not going to really know about these guys until we start to see them in action. But I would mm-hmm. think with Kingsbury, how do you develop a young quarterback, you know, and, and in that air raid system? And it's not – I mean, it's, a, it's an evolved air raid system. It's not what you often would see in college, right? But what's the key? Like, what do you need from a quarterback in that offense to succeed? And, and therefore, then, who is that guy at <laughs> number two? <laughs> but, you know, I, <laughs> sure. I don't know. I don't know, B. Mitch. I don't, I don't know. Like, right now, it's so early for them that, you know, I want to see what the talent is and see – you know, how do you, again, like you said, how do you, how do you develop guys in your system? How are you going to develop them? Because mm-hmm. you need more than just 11 guys to run what you want to run and to sustain if guys get hurt. Yeah, and you know what's crazy, John, is we're going to hear all the nonsense over the next couple months here about trading back or taking a tackle or taking Marvin Harrison. And, and I think fans just really got to pretty much focus on like, my rule with the draft is whatever you thought at the end of the season will largely be be made true by draft night. So, like, at the yeah. end of the season, everybody's like, all right, they got to draft quarterback at number two. And so whatever happens in that time period between now and then, they're probably going to draft a quarterback at number two. Um, the Lions season starts a little early. Yeah, exactly. I, that, I don't see really any other scenarios here. I, you don't want to rule anything out. Trade up, trade back, et cetera. But, like, is that your gut as well that yeah. this thing, they're probably just drafting a QB at two? I mean, listen, there's a – Sam Howell showed some things you can say, hey, I like this, and you say, I'm still concerned about this, right? You still need to see more of this or, or less of this. But this is not a group that drafted him, and they have a chance to take a high-ceiling quarterback. You're going like there's no if you have a chance for a guy and you like him, there's zero reason to not take him because you have again, we just pointed out the the long term quest this franchise has had to find a quarterback who can be that guy for an extended period. Look around the division and how often like why those other teams have sustained success and this team hasn't. A lot of times it goes back to that position where you can have a Romo for a number of years, whatever you think of them. He gave you a certain level of play for a number of years. And same with Dak and, you know, McNabb, Hurts. I mean, all those guys. Like, so you get you, – you need to find that guy. And if you don't have that guy, you need to keep looking for that guy because it's so important. And here, listen, in a, in a best case in, – in here's a scenario. What, what if you take a da- – Jaden Daniels or Drake May? I'm going to say them both because if you don't say them both, the other half screams. But if what do you take mm-hmm. a Daniels or May <laughs> – but then, like, after a couple of years, maybe they're not doing it, but maybe Sam Howell continues to develop and he becomes a guy. Okay, problem solved. But you've got to take, keep taking those shots at that position until you get Are both of them developing and you, get a, uh, you can and both, have trade yeah, made on either way. Exa- yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, but you, until you have that position solved, you don't have it solved and you don't roll. Here, it, it, none, nobody in this group drafted Sam Howell. 
I mean, they weren't, you know, so, like, there's no ties to him. So you can say, like, yeah, maybe he develops because he knows that air raid system. He played it in college. And, again, there are qualities he has that are very good. But, you know, you have a chance to take a guy that has a higher ceiling. How often will you be in this position? And, yes, you can miss. But would you rather miss, take a guy and miss or let him pass and miss? Yeah, I mean, do you, what do you think the Bears feel? You know, like, how many teams right. let guys go and you're like, oh, I wish we had taken that guy? Mm-hmm. Shooters got to shoot, can't. man. I, yeah, I don't think. you got to take yeah, a shot. For sure. Um, with Joe Witt, uh, specifically, because we were talking about this yesterday, Brian and I. I, I think, what do you guess, John? I think 80, 75, 80% of questions today will be for Kingsbury, and a lot yeah. of them will be quarterback-related. That's just the nature yeah. of this beast. But yeah. with Joe Witt and a new defensive staff, how much better, if at all, maybe maybe it's too far gone, how much better or more do you think they can get out of Jamin Davis and Emmanuel Forbes? Ooh, by the way, and part of the questions for Witt will probably be, what do you think of the quarterbacks? <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you face Sam Howell. What do you think? You know? Um, but as far as like, as far as those guys, you know, it's funny because I talked to someone else who knows this defense well, who felt like Davis would be a good fit in this system. Um, as far as Forbes goes, I think, I don't know, is it a system thing for him or is it more like you have to really go out and earn it kind of thing? Because, you know, either way, he's, you know, I I don't think it's going to be handed to him. Um, but is, is, you know, I don't know if it's as simple as, oh, it was just the wrong system for him. Because some mm-hmm. of the, the problems you'd hear was about you know, needing to work more on technique and things like that. So is that a system? You know, your technique is still going to be, if it's an issue here, it's going to be an issue over here. So you've got to work mm-hmm. on that and, and, then, and focus on that, and then you'll be good in a system. And so I think that's going to be the, the key for him is that he can't just assume that, well, it's a different system, therefore it's going to be okay. Um, he's going to have to show them. Now, if he does, yeah. this defense is proven with that secondary, like in Dallas, 93 takeaways the last three years combined, NFL high. So they and two different guys with, led the league. <laughs> exactly. And so they're going to put you in the situations where you can succeed, but you still have to play with the right technique. And, you know, like Kendall Fuller, his technique is always really good, but he's better in certain styles, right? So, like, certain style might not fit him, but his technique is always good. It just may he plays one better than the other. But if your technique, you, you have to play the technique well before you can start to make plays at a consistent level in, 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 this kind of, in any defense. So, I think that'll be the key for him. What do you think they do pass rusher here? I mean, you've got K.J. Henry and Andre Jones Jr. right now, right? Yeah. I think you have to probably sign a veteran and then draft somebody because you need depth there because you don't right. you don't have it now. Do you bring back a Two Hill or a James Smith Williams? I don't know, um, but you're you. I don't think you can just solve. I don't know. I would want to get a young pass rusher in here if it's me, right? And you have those five picks that are you know in really good range. Um, can you add more to that by maybe a, one one or two trades? But if not, you can you can take the quarterback. You can take a tackle high, maybe even two. You know, you can take a receiver, which I think you're going to need. You can take 
you know, and maybe a defensive end in those top five picks um, because you're going to need, you're going to want a young guy in there, but I think you're going to also probably have to sign a veteran um, who can, you know, even if it's a one-year deal, like is Darius Smith on a one-year deal, somebody like that, where yeah. it's not going to break the bank, but you get a veteran in there because, you know, you have, they clearly, again, went after the Montez sweat trade, you'd hear the paradigm shift and building up the middle. I think that comes from an analytics perspective. So you have that with those two, but you need, you're still going to need some threats on the edge to, to be able to, to play well defensively. And, and they don't have that now. So, you know, can that, you go back to the development, can KJ Henry, what can he develop into what level, same with Andre Jones. And, you know, he was still pretty raw, even at the end, what level yeah. they can they get to, can they be like quality backups, but you, you've got to go out and get at least one veteran defensive end and then draft somebody to me. Yeah, I think you have to do that. I think you got to get a veteran linebacker in here and just try. Yeah, to I would agree with that too. Yeah, make everything yeah. grow faster, like somebody that could come in and, and kind of take charge of it. Um, yep. John, you know I, I do the, want the to let you know. I'm, go ahead. No, the other thing that I, that you hear about too with this defense is you're so, like, these schemes are a lot the same, but it's always like what you'd hear with like the last year, like too many layers upon layers that maybe let, prevented guys from playing as fast. This mm-hmm. defense, they will talk. They don't have as many layers allowing guys to play faster. I think that's going to be a big key for guys like Davis in the middle and any of the linebacker who's next to him. So I just wanted to point that out. Um, I I should point out to you that I was unable to stop at Wegman's today and pick up the double stuff Oreos. So if you want to stop, <laughs> that is just fine with me. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to cut back, but I will. Um, I'm just letting you know, hey, man, he's a bad influence. As, as it's currently constituted, there are there are no double stuff Oreos in the media annex. Thank you, Johnny. Appreciate you, man. Thanks, guys. That's John Kime. You can follow him on Twitter or X or check out the John Kime Report wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. Now, if you're not looking for a podcast but you're looking for a car, check out the folks at Oarsman Automotive of Virginia. They can take care of you with a ton of different options. Seven locations all over Northern Virginia from Alexandria to Chantilly. They got two Toyota stores, Chevy, Buick, GMC, Kia. Brian just bought one. Ford down in Alexandria. They got it all. They've got great financing options. They'll buy your car for more than you're expecting. Check them out. I bought cars there. B has too. Makes a huge difference knowing you can trust these folks. Definitely you can trust them. I went over to Billy and Chantilly, and I got me a Kia EV9 because I wanted to go electric. You know what? And the great thing about it, he took care of me. I didn't have to worry about the price of the car. Uh, when I traded in my car, he gave me more than anybody else would give me. And then also on top of that, they did everything for me. But you got that Oarsman Lifetime Edge. You get up to $1,500 in extras, including the complimentary car wash with every scheduled maintenance. You get loaner cars with every major maintenance and a lifetime engine guarantee. So you go over to Oarsman. If you want to sell your car, as I stated, they gave me more than anybody else offering. They give you up to 125% of the Kelly Blue Book value. It's simple at Oarsman. They like to keep their customers happy, just like myself and JPR. So as they like to say at Oarsman, Let's ride together. All right, man. Commanders have announced their entire staff. A um, couple things that stand out. Brian Johnson from the Eagles previously. Mm-hmm. Offensive pass game coordinator. Also was named assistant head coach. Mm-hmm. Now, I think this is going to be Cliff's offense to run, and Brian has a lot of I think that had there. to be put in there to make sure he can get him here. 
Well, and I wonder, to be when you've got a, a young guy like that that's shown a lot of promise and maybe got a little bit railroaded in Philly this past offseason, I could see a veteran coach like Dan Quinn and some of these other veteran coaches that have been head coaches on the staff that, hey, man, we're going to make you assistant head coach, and it doesn't mean you trump Cliff on play calling, mm-hmm. but it means we're going to show you some of the BS you got to deal with. Like maybe you have to do an extra production meeting every week or or you have to do uh, the injury reports. Like some of the other stuff that we don't all think about that is part of being a head coach, mm-hmm. maybe they want to expose him to some of that. Could, could be. And also, we everyone talked about if you get a defensive coach, your offensive coordinator gets plucked. If he gets plucked, you got somebody on your roster already. Sure. Right. I mean. In your coaching staff, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, a lot of ways it could shake out, but I, I just I, I thought that was interesting. <clears throat> I think the cough I can never shake is interesting. Um, if you look, uh, they're now going to have – all right, you've got an offensive coordinator that was a quarterback, an assistant quarterback's coach that was a quarterback, um, Brian Johnson who's been a quarterback's coach. David Ray, Ray I think is how it's pronounced, mm-hmm. is the new tight ends coach. He was a quarterback at Iowa. Tavita Pritchard is another quarterback quarterback who was here last year. I mean, they are going QB heavy on the offensive staff, um, which I'm okay with that. Um, It's going to be interesting watching it all unfold, but they are certainly putting the infrastructure in place, I would say, to draft somebody at number two that's a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this morning, Landfill sent something to us about kind of the, the most important questions for every team and specifically some of the questions at what positions are most important. Uh, if you see the staff they've put together, beyond just what we could say and what callers want to say and, and how obvious it is that quarterback's the most important position of need, um, ESPN says the – the most important position for them to figure out is quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I think we all believe it's going to come down to – I, I kind of think it's going to come down to either Jaden or Drake. Maybe Caleb slips to mm-hmm. number two. Um, is that really slipping when you go to number two? I don't think so. <laughs> no. Yeah. Never let me slip because if I slip, then I'm slipping. Um, that's a good point. If Caleb if, – if somehow – Jaden goes one or Drake goes one and Caleb gets the two. I, I wouldn't expect any of that. Um, I mean, do you remember last year there was all this conversation that C.J. Stroud might have slipped? Mm-hmm. And then he where'd he go? Number two. Number two. Um, and he played his ass off. Right. He balled yeah. out all season. I think, uh, I think the real question here is Daniels or May. And I don't think there's a lot more to it. In those – you got five picks, top 100. Whoever it is at two, let's say it's Daniels for talking's sake. Mm-hmm. I think you'd love to get with the four other high-value picks. O-lineman? O-line, pass rush, like a, like a D-end, uh, edge rusher. I kind of think, and, and I haven't dug deep into it. I know that this is considered a really deep offensive line draft. Um, I'm curious what they do at tight end. I, 
it wouldn't be the, the worst spot to invest. I mean, I think I think Logan Thomas is, is just a straight-up free agent. Um, you've got John Bates coming back. Uh, you've never really gotten a ton out of Cole Turner. Um, all right, so Logan is not a free agent, but there's no guaranteed money left on his deal. Um, and he will be 33. So uh, curious what they do there. And mm-hmm. Whenever you see a, a, a staff overhaul, you wonder about veteran players without guaranteed money. Um, but I, I think O-line, D-end, you'd like to see a linebacker in there. Because, I, I, I mean, at the linebacker position, I really don't know what they have coming back. Mm-hmm. Probably need corners. You need a lot. You need yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of things that need to happen, and – you can't assume that some of these guys that, you know, have deals, but when they don't have any guarantees, then they're expendable. I and, think that's where it comes to. And, I I mean, everybody wants to win all the time, understandably. Yeah. But there's no super, you guys better win 10 games this year or everybody's fired. No. They're starting over. Yeah, there's no pressure for that. Um. You know what there is pressure for? Good calls at 1 o'clock for Bleep You Thursday. Don't go anywhere. It's B. Mitch Finley. Yo, it was interesting, B. Last night I was uh, – I don't know where I was. I was running around. We, we did takeout last night. Mm-hmm. And I was running around, like, picking up takeout from different restaurants. And uh, I was listening to Hoffman, and they were talking about the Wiz and talking about Denny specifically. Did you see any of the Wiz last night? Nope. Dude, it was a good-ass game. They ended up losing, but they came all the way back. Denny Avdia last night B, went for 40 points, 43 points, new career high. He had 43 with 15 boards, and it was it was a fun watch. I, I didn't expect them to win, but they tied it up going into the third quarter. They were down, I want to say they were down like eight at halftime, mm-hmm. um, kind of fought back in it, and then Zion was really good too. It Watching that dude play when he's healthy. When he's healthy. Yeah. I mean, he went for like. Which haven't been a lot. He went for damn close to 40 last night. Probably had like 35 or something. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. It was a second screen experience. But I had, uh, I had because it was Valentine's Day, obviously, I was watching Bravo with my wife on the, yeah, on the, watch, on watch the Bravo main screen. every other day, bro. Not every other day. What did we watch last night? I'm trying to think. Uh, Southern Hospitality. Um, but I had the Terps and the Wiz on the on the on the above screen, so I was good. Okay. Um, I don't know. We we had this debate yesterday. Do do the Caps play again tonight? Do you guys know? I'll I'll try to look it up while the boys there look it up. Okay, so Caps aren't playing for a couple of days. So Ovi right now is at fourteen goals on the season. Mm-hmm. Ahmed wanted us to do this as a. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, so the Caps don't play again until Saturday night. They play in Montreal. Um, Ovechkin right now has 14 goals on the year. Mm-hmm. The Wizards right now have nine wins on the year. <laughs> um, Wizard nine. This It's not a pretty number here, folks. The Wizard nine and 45. Golly. Mm-hmm. So they've played 54 games, right? Yeah. And they play 82. So they've got, what is that, about? 26 left, 27 left. How many do you have so far? 54, they play 82, that's 27 left. 
27 and you got a 7 and a 4, and you coming over to 82? 8. 28 left. <laughs> I was pretty close. All right. So the Wiz have 28 games left. <laughs> okay. The Caps have played how many games this year? Um, I'd like you to add it. It's great. Caps so far this season have played 49 games. Okay. They play 82. So that's what, 33 more for Ovi? Mm-hmm. Now, the Wiz are five back already. So, frankly, I think it's going to be Ovi. But he didn't score much for two months. For a and long time. And it's gotten hot lately. Yeah. Who finishes with more, Ovi goals or Wizards wins? <laughs> you go first, B. Uh, I'm going to go with the Ovi goals. because I think we're going to see a lot of games, just like you saw last night, where they're going to fight back and – uh, you're going to have a guy come out and have an a, a exorbitant amount of uh, points and things of that nature, but they're going to lose the game. We've Lamp- seen that a lot this year. They've battled in some games, but at the end, they're just not there. Landfill, what do you got? More by the end of the year, OV goals or Wizards wins? OV goals, yeah. Is it even close? I uh, I'm a little worried because the Wizards are playing better since they fired their coach, which is why I was against the Wizards firing their coach. But I think it'll be OV goals. I will, you know what would – Jeffrey, you want to weigh in? Wiz wins or OV goals? Uh, OV goals, yeah. That's that's what I'll go with. So I, I think it's not even close, mm-hmm. frankly. But a lot of that is just because OV's out in front already. If uh, It's just because – we look at that team, and yes, there are going to be guys fighting. But overall, you don't see a team. No argument. Now, what if we put a little point spread on this? You know what Vegas does? They put a point spread on it to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. OV's five ahead right now. But they've also played five less games, five fewer games. Mm-hmm. So I think, considering all that, it should be like, OV minus six. So if it's OV goals minus six against Wiz wins, you still going OV goals? Yeah. Damn. Landini, you do the same? Yep. Jeffrey, Jada? Hey, I don't know about that one, JP. I might take the Wiz plus six against OV goals. Yeah, I'll do that too because. Got 27 games left. 28. 28 games left. How many nails do you think you're going to win? But just if you if you take it today, you're at 15. Okay, but how many of those games do you think they're going to win? I, I mean, you never know with the NBA. It's a crazy sport, but. You've watched 50-plus games already. How many do they want? Nine. Okay. How many do you think they're going to win out of 28? I mean, the math would suggest like three. You too, other J-Dog uh, for life. Well, and then if you, if you look at some of the opponents coming up here, now I believe we got all-star break for the, the association, right? So we won't see the Wiz again until next Thursday night. You know where they're going? Where is that? Denver. I believe oh. I believe that's the defending <laughs> defending uh, champ. Dude, I mean, so they I got, asked you that question once again. Yeah, Jeff, we might need to reconsider this, dude. <laughs> they got... Yeah, they I'm go looking two, at the schedule now, bro. Yo, at Denver, <laughs> at OKC, home for Cleveland, 
Golden State at the Lakers, at the Clippers, at the Jazz. Maybe it might need to be Wiz plus eight and a half to make this thing interesting. Um, the good news sure looks like Ovi's going to score enough goals to keep the chase on. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. It's be Mitch Finley. Landfill, I'd like to open an investigation. It is high noon in the District of Columbia. Points north, south, east, and west on the East Coast anyway. Um, I suppose it's 9 a.m. in Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, what would it be in Chicago? 11 a.m.? Chicago's one hour? Brings wrong. Um, Landville, I'm posting tweets out here, and none of the pictures are working. Can you dig into that? Or at least just look on your phone and see if the pictures attached to my tweets are working for you? Your tweets don't have photos? I don't know. They're all showing up blank. It's pissing me off. All right. I'll do some Googling. Just just a simple search. Jeff, you can look, too. I, I feel like we can get to the bottom of this quickly. Um, I couldn't help. Yeah, but, it's not working. Uh, no pictures, right? Nope. What the hell? And you paid that $7? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've made that back, but yeah. Um, I got some numbers. Uh, per month? No, I paid the flat fee. It was like 60 bucks for the year. And I made like 300 bucks last month. So, mm. we'll call it even. Um, but yeah, clearly somebody owes me 7 bucks. Um, I think Maybe they Jeff. should stop paying you and pay a guy to make the photos work instead. Not not the worst idea, Landfill. Not the worst idea. Hey, I didn't come up with this. My name ain't Elon. Um, Brian, what do you make of this? And and if you you tweeted, no, not that. Somebody sent me this. The Commanders' coaching staff, the new staff that's been put together, two hundred sixty nine total years of NFL experience among that group. Okay. 175 as coaches and 94 as players. And the group put together has 15 Super Bowl rings. Mm. I mean, I don't I don't know how that compares to other organizations, but I at least on the surface level like it. Yeah. At least it gives you a chance. If you came in and all your coaches had no experience, <laughs> you have a problem. But I think you have guys who have gone places and ha- may not have done exactly what you expected, but they are now in a second chance and things of that nature. You would hope they learn from the years they've had and that things will go better. You've had coaches on this staff now who've had a lot of success at places. So, Yeah, I, I mean – We'll see. It's going to be very interesting. Um, I think when you look at guys like Anthony Lynn, I believe Lynn won two Super Bowls with the Broncos as a player. I think he was Terrell Davis's backup those mm-hmm. Shanahan years. Um, what I like about that is that's a direct – everybody talks about the Shanahan offense and how well they run the ball and the outside zone and all that stuff. Anthony Lynn's going to bring that. It's Cliff Kingsbury's offense. So Kingsbury's going to be running this how he does it, which is different. Yeah. and But I, he'll have expertise at the running game. You add that running game to Cliff Kingsbury passing game, the way he does things, it also gives you 
possibility of having a much better, more potent offense. Totally, because, I mean, if you if you just go by statistics, when Kingsbury was running the Arizona show, they had some decent running years, but I think a lot of that was Kyler Murray-driven, where he was just not necessarily designed quarterback runs, just Kyler Murray's ability with the ball in his hand. But I'd add, if you take Daniels, he's got some ability with the ball in his hand. Mm-hmm. You getting mad at the text thread? No, I don't care. <laughs> I, I think it's <laughs> if anything is clear, it's how little you care about that question. <laughs> yes, at all. Um, I mean, if you look at Jaden Daniels this past season, the the passing numbers were. I mean, I mean, a ten to one touchdown to INT ratio is pretty damn incredible, remarkable. Um. About 3,800 yards passing, 40 touchdowns to four picks. And then if you look at the rush yardage, he averaged eight yards a carry. Uh, Another 10 touchdowns on the ground, over 1,100 yards on the ground. I I don't know how people look at that and act like he's so far behind anybody. Who's he behind? People people go and they, they basically look at Caleb as light years ahead of him. I don't see that. Not based off of those damn numbers. I think I think there's some size questions with Daniels. I mean, how much he weighs? Dude, when he when you go and watch enough of him, you do see – and it's funny because I actually listened to an interview with, with him today. I do see some similarities, not necessarily as a player, because I, Daniels is not the track athlete that RG3 was. Mm-hmm. I mean, RG3 had incredible speed, but a lot of it was straight line speed. Daniels, I think, is more of a – he can cut and, and take different angles. Mm-hmm. But when Daniels gets hit, it doesn't happen very often, but when he does get hit, kind of reminds me of Robert that it looked like a car accident mm-hmm. with just limbs flailing about. And, and that does give me a little bit of pause. He's 6'4", 210. Caleb is how big? I don't think he's as tall, but I think he's – He's listed 6'1", 220. I I very much more believe the Caleb listing than I do the Jaden Daniels listing. Because what did you just say? 6'4", 210? And the thing of it, like you you – Hold on real quick. On college football reference, they have Daniels listed at 6'3", 185. 185 is skinny, dude. Yeah, might be. But you're a quarterback in a league that overly protects you. Until you're running. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, learn how to slide. Yeah. I, I like Jaden a lot, man. I um the things that people will suggest are problematic that how many games did you missed at LSU? Uh I, I don't know, but I don't believe any. He he's played in the last three years, going back to Arizona State, he played thirteen, fourteen, and twelve. So depending However many games they had, maybe mm-hmm. he missed one. But um, one thing I, I, I'm not here for is that he's too old. <laughs> like, I mean, I think he's 23. And that, oh, well, his his numbers got better. That's good. Yeah, it's supposed to get better as you play. <laughs> if they get worse, then that's a problem. So I would ask the people that say the question, like, his numbers got better, you, exp- you want him to get worse? Right. Like, to me, it's it's okay to get better. It's good to get better. That's what you're supposed to want to do. Um, but I'm not out on anybody. I'm not out on May. I think May can play. 
One thing that's been super interesting, Brian, I don't know if you've been paying attention to this, um, the hype, and I predicted this back in whenever the hell, that the hype around J.J. McCarthy would really start to pop, mm-hmm. that people would really start to kind of talk themselves into him. Um, I think he is going to crush it at the Combine. I think he, I, I think he is going to interview really well. He's got size and speed. They just didn't throw it all that much. Mm-hmm. But we say that McCarthy this past year at Michigan threw it 332 times. Do you know what Daniels threw it? Probably about 400. 327. Damn, less? Yeah. I mean, the numbers, Jaden Daniels was 236 of 327, completed 72% of his passes. Mm -hmm. McCarthy, now, keep in mind, McCarthy played three more games. Michigan played 15 games versus Daniels played 12. But McCarthy finished 240 of 332, 72% of his passes. Now, where the, the big differences here are. How many yards? Uh, a little under 3,000 for McCarthy and a little almost 4,000. I mean, in 12 games, Jaden Daniels threw for nearly 1,000 yards more, certainly 900 yards mm-hmm. more. And J.J. McCarthy threw 22 touchdowns. Daniels threw for 40. 40, yeah. But that said, I, I think I, I think McCarthy's stock is a lot higher among – NFL folks than necessarily fans are expecting. I'm curious where Michael Penix lands in all this. I think Penix's situation is going to be largely driven by his knee um, and what the health shows. Um, I know there are people that that really like Bo Nix. I'm not sure I'm one of them, but I don't think Washington really needs to get into that conversation too much about Penix or McCarthy or any of that because they pick second. Yeah. And I think you just take – Unless they like somebody and like some people think, they might move back. I don't see it, but people think that. Yeah, I don't see it either. Landini, where do you land on Daniels? Are you in on Daniels? Yeah. I mean, the guy won the Heisman Trophy in the SEC. That's uh, that's not nothing. I mean – that's. I mean, it's to... enough for me to, like, to, to feel comfortable or – uh, at least positive about them taking the guy. I'm with you. I, I believe the last three quarterback Heisman Trophy winners from the SEC, though, are Bryce Young, Johnny Football, and Tim Tebow. No. Well, Tim Tebow obviously Burrow. sucked. Burrow. You forgot Joe Burrow. Yeah, Joe Burrow. And I think good. there might have been another Bama kid in there that I'm forgetting. Tua, maybe? Bryce Young? I said Young. Uh, Tua, did Tua win that? Maybe not. I don't know. Um, what do you make of the knocks on him that he improved every year? <laughs> yeah, that seems absurd to me. Like, oh, this guy got this guy used to not be the best ever, but now he's getting better. How's that bad? Yeah, <laughs> like, I, that one I'm with you. So the last the quarterback Heisman Trophy winners from the SEC. Bryce Young in 21, Burrow, you're right, being 19. Then Johnny Football in 2012, um, Cam Newton in 2010, Tebow in 2007. It's crazy for all the – But we knew Tebow wasn't a quarterback for the league when he was a quarterback in college. 
Correct. Um, for all the SEC talent, the Heisman gets a little more spread out. Like, Jaden this past year at LSU, but Caleb the year before at SC. Devontae Smith won it as a wide receiver. Kyler, wor- Kyler won it at Oklahoma. Baker won it at Oklahoma. Lamar won it at Louisville. Derrick Henry running back Bama. Mariota won it from Oregon. Jameis won it at Florida State. Then you go Johnny Football, RG3 at Baylor, Cam in the SEC, Mark Ingram, Sam Bradford. I got a dollar if anybody can tell me who won the Heisman Trophy in 2006. And I'll give you the conference. Where? Big Ten. It was an Ohio State quarterback. Was it Troy Smith? Damn, Landfill, I owe you you a dollar. Yeah. He owe you a dollar, which means $10. Yeah, give me no, ten bucks, damn it! It's, it's, no, it means one dollar. No, it's ten percent of it. So that'd be a nick. That'd be a dime. <laughs> no, oh more. Then it'd be a dollar ten cents. <laughs> give me a dollar and ten cents, damn it! Um, all right, hot shot landfill. Who won the Heisman Trophy in two thousand? In the year two thousand. Two thousand. Uh, do I get a give conference? Him the conference. Sure. You are you going double or nothing? Sure. Get for two dollars and twenty cents. All right. Uh, ACC. Mm. Okay. If it's the AC, it's either going to be Chris Winkie or Peter Warwick, and I'm just going to have to pick one of those guys. And I guess I'll go with Chris Winkie. All right. I kind of think you're googling this. By I'm not. Now, but. You're correct. He's not. I think Chris Wiggy was 30 years old and won yeah. the Heisman Trophy. Didn't he get drafted um, by Carolina or something? He sucked in the NFL because he, he played major, and 10 cent, He played cent, like no. a minor league baseball before that or something. Yeah, he did. Um, Brian, one that you should know. Was Florida State in the ACC, by the way, that time? Or was that just? Yeah, because okay. Florida State was in yeah. the ACC when Charlie Ward was there in the yeah. early 90s. Yeah. Charlie <laughs> Ward, one of my favorite college football players ever. Um. Now, B. Mitch, you should know this. Why? Who Janikowski won the Heisman... was also on those teams, by the way. Who won the Heisman Trophy in 1995? I don't know. You should know it. I think I might know. Why should I? Certainly, but he's not confused with everyone. Confused? Oh, Lord. It's... <laughs> Eddie George. Eddie George won the Heisman Trophy in 1995. Now I, I was at the same event with Eddie uh, at the Super Bowl. I went out to go to the bathroom, and Eddie, I walked right past, what's up, dog? And this lady walked right past him when I said, what's up? And when I was on my way to the bathroom, she was like, you're Eddie George, right? I said, no, he was a guy I just dapped up. That's amazing. <laughs> um, Jeff. Yes. Now, we have named the last five Heisman Trophy winners. We, we named them in this segment. Now, confirm to me you do not have this pulled up, which I'm confident you don't. No, I'm actually over here doing um, audio work. What's up? Terrific. We, name me the last five Heisman Trophy winners for $1.10. Now, you got to up my wager. Why? Because I said so. $1.50. All right, cool. You got... um. You said Jaden Daniels. One for one. Joe Burrow. 
do they got to be in order, or I can just name them? Uh, uh, I was thinking in order, but what the hell? Just name them. Joe Burrow, Bryce you got Young. Two. Bryce you got Young. Got three. Um, oh, Johnny Manziel. <laughs> no, Johnny Manziel won the Heisman Trophy in 2012. Jeff. Yeah. I said the last five. Oh, the last five. I do. All right. Ah. Uh. That was ten years ago. <laughs> that was twelve years ago. Hey man, I just started. Na- I just named five. Me. I just started to name five Heisman winners, bro. Uh, Can, all right, I'll give you Johnny Football. You need one more. Uh, You're missing one, man. Well, I tell you, Ooh. I'm trying to think. Uh, you can't think of a single other Heisman Trophy winner that we've been talking about Heisman Trophy winners. It's for 10 also a, a network. That they the initials go with. That's not gonna help them. <laughs> the C dub. Yeah, even Landfill lost on that one, B. Caleb Williams. Oh, yeah, Caleb Williams yeah. won it what? last year. So, yeah. and he's from DC. What the hell? <laughs> the worst part about this is I was just screaming Kyler Murray at him for like twenty seconds, and he just still didn't get it. <laughs> I, I mean, Ka- do not Caleb won trust, it last year, Jeff. I do not trust Landfield screaming out any answers to me. Well, okay, well, you should have. Um, Jeff, you did not win the $1.50. I'm sorry. Okay, but can I tell you, you why I'm in? Can I tell you why I'm in on Jaden Daniels, though? Right. Hell yeah, you can. Okay, one, not only did he do what he was doing in the SEC, he was by far, like, the best player on LSU's team. He even made his wide receivers look nice even help Malik neighbors you know compete even though he got robbed for that award I feel um for the wide receiver award that Marvin Harrison won uh a lot of people talk about you know the hits that he taken in college and stuff dude he's going to get NFL training and he's going to fix those things and we we're starting to see that that, that formula works if you can make a play down the field with your arm and your legs are just as vital, it, it has been working in the, NF, in the NFL. And teams with these types of quarterbacks, they, they have been winning. So I'm in on Jaden. I believe all the, the things where they say, oh, he take big hits, we're we going to see all that sharpen up. So I'm in on him. I'm also in on Jaden, Jeffrey. Um, there is one little thing that we may have to like – wrap our brains around and, and I don't know if this is a chicken or an egg thing but we correctly think of the SEC as the powerhouse place to be right and then there's certainly the most talent comes out of the SEC but they don't play a heck of a lot of defense anymore I mean no conference like Georgia play, still does they play they play a, their top in plays a, a good bit of good, real good defense. Georgia and Alabama play physical as hell. They do play physical, so that's what I'm talking. About. I'm talking about the physicality of it, not just going out there and just uh, playing. Don't let you score any points. It's kind of hard not to score points the way the leagues are set up, even there. Yeah, but B like Ole Miss was probably they won a lot of games. They're probably giving up forty a game. Like it was. It, it, I'm just saying that's all this new coaching stuff. It has changed go crazy a little over that bit. Offense. Uh, yeah, and uh, and everything caters to offense today, every level. Let's. I'm, I'm picking a random week, week eight in the SEC. There weren't that many games, but it. it I mean, I don't know. LSU won sixty-two to nothing over Army that week. I think that have some good defense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Like week 10, Ole Miss 38, A&M 35. Arkansas 39, Florida 36. But you're talking about two South SEC. Carolina gave up 28 to Jacksonville State. You're talking about two SEC teams there, though. I'm just saying it's not what we remember where – Remember, like, but Les Miles no, versus Nick Saban, it was 9-6? to six. is not what we remember. So, I don't expect to see the games being 10-9 to nine and things like that. Because if you look at somebody throwing a flag. Agreed. Agreed. Um, let's do this. I got to talk to Bill Cower last week in Vegas, and I thought he had some really interesting comments. There's this notion that – Defensive coaches can't help develop young quarterbacks. And Bill Cowher kind of spoke directly about why that's incorrect. Don't go anywhere. It's B. Mitchell Finley. Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bet with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Listen, I'm looking at Clay Thompson, minus 16.5 over under. I'm going to take the over. I put $5 on that. I probably will be getting that 150 bucks, just like a lot of other people will. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Brian and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 106.7 The Fan. You have to be 21 years old and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Was this the one in the Batman movie, Landville? It was, yeah. Wow. That's a deep cut right there. 1994. Kicking down your goddamn door. That's what every rapper in the 90s did. Um <laughs> All right, uh, enough seal kiss from a rose, although, Landville, that was quite a quite a memory there. Got um, bangers today, man. Landville got bangers. It's Banger Thursday. <laughs> um, I want to play this audio. So last week, I got to talk to a bunch of different people at the Super Bowl. That's how the Super Bowl is. There's a million people there, and if you, as long as you run around and work the whole time, you can get a lot of good interviews. Yep. Um, Bill Cower had an availability during a, a CBS Super Bowl scrum type thing. Um, and shout out to Chris Kerwin, who was there with me and got me this audio. Um, we asked Cower a little bit about defensive coaches and quarterbacks and how it all works. Before we play this, do we all agree Cower was a very good coach? Damn good coach. Landfill? Sure. Jeff, do you know who Bill Cower is? Yes. Is that a yes, do you know who he is, or yes, you think he's a good coach, or both? Yes, man. He was the coach for the Steelers. Perfect. Here's Bill Cower talking about the modern NFL. Bill, it's getting harder and harder for defensive coaches to become head coaches and for guys to get a second chance. How'd you feel about Dan Quinn getting that Washington job? I think it's great. I think you look at the six jobs, five of the six were defensive coordinators, because I think what you're looking at is a guy like D'Amico Ryans comes in and turns around a program as dramatically as he did, is he got a good young quarterback and he got, he built that defense. And, you know, defensive guys, some sometimes the offensive guys get caught up in their own thinking and what they want to do and developing a quarterback. Well, how about developing a culture? I think that has to come first and foremost. And sometimes developing a culture is a degree of toughness, a degree of accountability. Um, and, and that sometimes takes a good defensive coordinator who has to bring, can bring things together. So, you know, I think sometimes ownership looks at developing quarterbacks. I, I, to me, it's about developing a culture. And, I, and you got 
five of the six guys are very, very good at doing that as defensive coordinators. You think Quinn's the guy to do that in Washington? I think he's got a good uh, uh, history where he's been. He's been a head coach before. I think he'll put together a good staff, and he knows that division a little bit. Now, Leville, I don't know if you can let that play. I believe the next question, um, Cower was asked about Sam Howell. He was actually asked that by my boy Mark Davis down mm-hmm. in, in I think Mark's in Norfolk now. Um, and Cower kind of went on to explain that, what's that? Landing it. Okay, yeah, l- let Cower keep going here. There's no more cower. I couldn't hear what you were saying. Just just tell me outright. Thank you. Um, so cower was asked about Howell, and he said, yeah, you know, there's a lot to like with Sam, but I think when you have that high of a pick, you've got you've to swing higher, right? You've yeah. got you to try to go to a higher ceiling, which I think is the right decision. And then he went on to explain that if you can build that good defense and you can surround them with a good running game, that's the best way to develop a good young quarterback. True. And I, I think if you look over time, we have this vision that, like, the only way this works is Sean McVay calling plays, right? Well, Sean, what did Sean McVay have? He had to go get Matt Stafford. Yeah, but what did he have on the other side of the ball? Sure. A hell of a defense. But, like, think about – and I think a lot of these guys, it's more about who they are than who the coach was. Mm-hmm. But there's the obvious Belichick-Brady example. True. Right? If you think about Peyton Manning, I mean, the coaches, while he was in Indy, when he was a young guy, were, I think it was Jim Mora Jr. Or Jim Mora Sr. And then Tony Dungy. Mm -hmm. Good Good coaches. Right. But, like, they're defensive guys. Think about Tom Coughlin. Yep. I mean, CJ, it's a recency bias when it comes down to this because in this day and age, fantasy football, all we discuss is the amount of yards. Coughlin was a defensive guy, but he was. It's hard to think of him as this like molder. You know, I mean, he was such a hard ass. Like, but he he when he, guy, when he right. changed, they won. Right. But but the thing of it is, one thing that we see on defensive led coaches, I mean, defensive led teams, toughness, physicality a certain stronger mindset. What we see on a lot of offensive-led uh, led, led teams, passiveness, complacency, not as tough. So, so I think you can win with both of them. But on the defense, like Joe Gibbs, when he was, a, he was an offensive guy through and through, but he believed in being tough. And when you start talking about culture sometimes, when you got a lot of these offensive coaches in practice, you know what they do? They don't like their guys to be touched. Defensive coaches understand this is a tough-ass game, even in 2024. So you have to find some level to where when your guys step on the field and somebody hit them, they don't start swinging. They're accustomed to it. Right. You know, you watch how the Ravens play. The Ravens play physical as hell. Wouldn't you say that Lamar's been developed at a really high clip? Hell yeah. The coach is a special team coordinator He's only won two MVPs. Trade, right? Like, I mean, Harbaugh's not an offensive play caller. <laughs> I just think some of these notions get to be preconceived without a whole lot of merit. One thousand percent. I mean, Roethlisberger. It was Cower and then Tomlin. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, Dell. When Russ Wilson broke through in Seattle, it was with Pete Carroll. Yes. Who who also, to Carroll's credit, they had just signed. Who was my man they signed? Matt Flynn? Yeah. Like, they had just signed spent a bunch of said, money. Oh, let me go get this other kid. So, if you want to be d- dismissive of C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryan's working last year because it's a one-off, it's an outlier, that's fine. But, like. Did D'Amico Ryan go out there and say, I'm going to try and coach C.J. Stroud? No, he found a guy who was up and coming, doing very well, and got slow it, and let them go and coach him. But I, I don't understand why. And people, still probably demanded but, a lot. But let's remember this. The offensive coach, head coach in this day and age, they don't always coach the quarterback. They don't always call the plays. There are a small group of people who call the plays. So you still have somebody else coaching that guy. So you have to be smart enough to hire the right person to do that job. Yeah, I just – I think there's a – what I continue to, to repeat here, and even though Coach Cower used the culture word that we're trying to avoid, I understand what he was trying to say. Like, there's a lot of ways to get to the finish line in the NFL. And, and I don't think anybody should be convinced that there's only one way to, to make things work in a league that is so unlike any other professional sport that is so built on true teams. Yeah. The NBA, the NBA has the least variance of any league in pro sports, right? Because it's so talent-driven at the very top and where – if you get three of the top ten players on one team, they're probably going to win it. Yeah. Yet the NFL is just a different beast entirely. Totally. And even if you look at the Niners and the Chiefs, the Chiefs found the unicorn quarterback, build around him, continue to win around him. Mm-hmm. The Niners didn't. The Niners built a team, found a quarterback. He's pretty good. Not taking anything away from Purdy, but like we just saw multiple routes to winning a title. There, there's, there's a lot of ways – this thing can go. There's also a lot of ways, Brian, that Bleep You Thursday can go. Uh-huh. Coming up, 1 o'clock, we will open the phone lines up. First time in a couple days for Bleep You Thursday. Um, Jeff. Yes, sir. You ready to ready to help me out with the pause button? <laughs> What's up? So, Brian Mitchell and I are legitimate friends outside of this radio world, right? We know each other's families. We care about one another. And B often has good advice, and I've been trying to follow some of it, at least some of it. And B gets a lot of value out of LinkedIn, right? And I'm trying to be better about LinkedIn and checking it and staying on top of it and all of these things. And, and, and I understand why I get these, and I'm appreciative of them. When I was trying to find jobs and positions and stuff, you had to, like, guess somebody's email address or write them a handwritten note. There was a lot more barriers to entry. But, damn, if I don't get a ton of, hey, man, love your work. Do you know of any jobs? Hey, man, love your work. Do you know of any internships? I get them a lot. Right. They always ask me, am I hiring? Right. Yo, let me be crystal clear. I'm in charge of hiring nobody. <laughs> like, you need to hit up the cluster buster, maybe landfill. Um, Just give them some advice. Okay. I, I try. 
But, Jeff, I want to read you a recent inquiry I got via LinkedIn. You ready, Jeffrey? I'm ready. (laughs) And this is from a dude. Let me be clear. I am a recent college graduate and would possibly love to work under you. (laughs) I mean, they want to be like your your study. Jeff, hit him with the pause. I'm not going to hit him with the pause, JP. I don't think that would go for a pause. I think that, only, that's business lingo. I was about to say, JP, I got to hit you with a reaching foul right here. If you don't know. <laughs> that, that's He's reaching for one re- right there. Cause, cause I don't know, man. <laughs> I get it, though. Like, it's hilarious. If he wants to work behind you, I might go with the pause. See, I think under – I I think that we're this is this is heading nowhere fast. But yeah, that's no. a business lingo. I was about to say, JP, I get where you're going. It's funny, but bro, come on now. It's on LinkedIn, and he it was, was just legit the trying to get some work. Man, did he leave like a period there? You. Dude, try to get paid, man. Try to get some money. Uh, man, I don't have any money. He wants advice. You better have two dollars yeah, and twenty cents. You owe me. You may. You I may, do owe you two dollars. You may have a. Um, you may. You know. You may have a job where that's the end of the message. You need, the a, message. Roadie. You need a roadie. That's the end of the message. Yeah, I mean, like they they want to know if you do. You, are you hiring an, an you know assistant? What, you know who really impresses me? Who? When people spell my name wrong it, when they're reaching out to me, usually they get JP right. But you'd be surprised the versions of Finley I've seen come across my uh, Finley L A Y. Well, dude, I get F I N D, F I N L E Y. Lot, lot of some people just like, and and listen, I've done this they too. Spell my name Brain. It's spelling B R Y. I get that. F I N A L Y. I don't worry. What do you do when you get all these young folks asking you for jobs? I try to give them the advice that I can give them, and I tell them it, you can reach out to these places, look if look for their uh, their their websites, and they may have something offered. But I, that's not something that I do. Do you think we should start just giving all of these young people Jeff's phone number? Please no. do not do that. <laughs> because some of them might be good. They may go down the wrong avenue. I think it's messed um, up that we haven't already. Yeah, I mean, maybe <laughs> we gotta help the uh, the youngs help out. the youth. Yeah. Um, Jeff, when was the last time you said your phone number out over the air? How'd that go? Uh, it, it went pretty bad. But uh, for for the youth, <laughs> y'all can hit me up at two eight one three three zero eight zero zero four. I got a feeling that is not Jeff's number. <laughs> it can't be. Um, but. That's not your number, Jeff. <laughs> Whose number is that? And just call me at 281-330-8004. Uh, yeah, but two, you, give the, 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 you didn't give the 281 is a Houston area code. No, he just gave you seven. No, nah, I think own. he gave ten. Give it again, Jeff. 281-330-8004. That's Houston, bro. Yeah. Oh, I think that's from a song. <laughs> I, is that like... Is that like Mike Jones's number? No, that is Jeff Walker's number. <laughs> no, it's not. All right. You know what? People can also reach me at 281-330-8004. For all of your job <laughs> advice. Oh, um, boy. Yeah, this is funny. This is just a, a good, a really good fake number to give out. So I'm in, Jeff. Well done. <laughs> If anybody needs to reach me, 281-330-8004. And that's that's our segment on preparing the youth of America. Um, Jeff, I I feel like we haven't done this in a while because we had – we were in Vegas last week, so I don't think we did bleep you. Uh, The week before was right when Dan Quinn got hired. 
so I don't think we did it. Is it possible this is the first bleep you of the new year? Not at all, bro. This baby. is like week. I say what? This is like dude, six weeks into the new from, year, man? seven weeks. What are you doing? What, what, what is wrong with you, dude? We, ha- we we haven't had it the last three weeks. We've had it though, have we? Yes. It's been six weeks, dog. Okay, I guess it's a little further into the new year than I realized. <laughs> if it's numbers, I think you need to just. When's the last time we had it? January eighteenth, probably. All right. Well. This is everybody's opportunity to uh, to let us know how you feel, Chris. Chris Russell's here. Chris, you Does have he any- have five hundred bags? Do you hey, have- Chris, how you doing? I think he already dropped all his stuff off. <laughs> Anybody you'd like to insult, real quick? You can speak directly into my microphone. You can you get to kick off while, while it's on his face like that. Pause. <laughs> no. I'm sorry, Jeff, for never paying attention when you guys were asking him about the Heisman trophies, and he brings up. Baker, uh, d- d- Johnny Manziel. <laughs> Jeff, hey. would you like to respond to Chris? Yes, I was doing my job, bro. Yeah. I was putting the hours doing his up. job, bro. Like, I was putting in the podcast, bro. Chris does not believe you, Chris. Jeff. That's okay. At least it's not three days late. All Jeff said was, "At least it's not three <laughs> days late, like your chicken wings." That's a good point. Today, Russell insults Jeff. Yesterday, he tried to give him food poisoning. Where's Listen, the animosity coming from? If the if the bar is set as, hey, man, my chicken wings didn't make you sick, that's a pretty low bar. Because, no, Chris, I did not get sick. I didn't really enjoy them, but I did not get sick. So thank you very much. I had one. I, I will eat a cupcake, Rooster. You got me there. Now you're speaking my love language. It is time to come together as a group as a choir, as a forum. It is time to complain about things large and small. It is time for Bleep You Thursday. 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067. Let's go, folks. Forget you. All right, folks. Uh, it's that time. We come together as a group, as a fellowship, to complain about things large, small. That's what we do. Um, you can voice your anger, your concerns, um, whatever it is that has bothered you. Now's the time to let it out. Are you mad about, um, you know, a bet gone wrong? This is your time. Are you mad about a new speed camera? This is your time. Are you mad about the coaching staff or, or some larger decision or mad that the Wiz fired Wes Unseld? Whatever it is, you can do it. This is your time. Uh, I fear I may have to say this more and more as the year progresses. We eschew from politics and serious issues here. Just so we're clear, this is yeah, we'll this hang is, up on you. This is fun and sports related. All right. Yeah. Um, I'd like to start. Let him know, Jay. I'd like to start. Uh, I've now been home from Las Vegas for a week. Yeah. I, I left last Thursday. Right. You yep. you saw me leave. We said goodbye. Um. And I cannot shake this little bit of head cold cough thing I've got going on. I've been going to bed early. I've been taking medicine. Like, I'm, I'm taking care of myself. You're taking the medicine in a proper amount of time. Yeah, dude, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I don't trust do. you, though. I appreciate that. Um, but here's my bleep you. Because there, listen, clearly bleep you to the cough and the cold that will not leave. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I would, like, if I, I would pay 
right now I would I would Venmo a person or entity one thousand dollars to just get rid of this cough and cold. So if somebody has a cure, I got a G. All right. Well, maybe only nine. How much do I owe you, Landfill? I, I would pay someone nine ninety seven eighty. All right. Because I owe you two twenty. Correct. That's correct. All right. So I'm I'm, I'm short two bucks. Um. So my bleep you is certainly for the cold and whatever is is causing this. But the bigger bleep you are the people that are like, oh, Vegas gotcha, huh? And I'm like, no, ass bag. I've been home for a week. I've been. But they still got you. No, I, I was all right leaving Vegas. I got home and got sick. What happens though? It's not immediate. It, it's the little lag, dog. No, you know what? Help ha- you out, Jay. You know what happens? Five and eight year old children that are walking incubators. That's but what happens. That's what I'm saying is. When you're in Vegas and you do some things, but we that, were just talking to Mitch. We didn't really down. do that much. I did more than you, and I don't have no cough. I know. You got to build up. I didn't your do immune much. System. I didn't do much. That's mine. Bleep you to anybody that's like, "Oh, Vegas got you." No, dude, I've been home for a week. Um, <laughs> now, if the boys in the aquarium or Brian, if you have any bleeps, you let me know. We will get to the phones. Phone lines are open. Eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. 800-636-1067. Line three sounds particularly important. Let's start with Alan in Reston. Alan, who you mad at? Hey, I'm mad, and I got a big bleep you to Jack Link's beef jerky for getting me sick uh, with food poisoning the night of the Super Bowl and ruining the entire night and all of Monday as well. Had to miss work. Oh, Oh, that's tough. Try to leave the name brand out, but what happened? You know it was definitely the beef jerky? Oh, yeah. Uh, wife and I had uh, pretty much all the same food the entire day, and the jerky is the only thing different that I ate. Uh, not too long later, I, I, I learned that that was the cause. And, uh, yeah, that oh, was dude. terrible. Big bleep you. Was it north and south or just one way or the other? Oh, both. North and south. Oh, I'm sorry, bro. That is, dude. Have I told you my my food poisoning experience, B? No. If you can imagine the worst places on earth, thank you for the call, Alan. Hope you feel better, buddy. Um, if you can imagine the worst places on earth to get food poisoning, would one of them be the Chinatown bus from D.C. to Brooklyn? Yes. Bro, I got a sandwich. I'll, I will leave out the name of the sandwich place. Thank you. I got a sandwich in D.C., got on this bus, ate a couple bites of it. I was like, this tastes kind of weird. Stopped eating it, and it was – You stopped eating it? I stopped you eating it. eat everything. I know. And, B, it was before we got to the uh, Delaware Memorial Bridge. So Ooh. we're cruising on this bus, and – you know, like the gears inside of a watch, inside of a clock, uh-huh. how they all kind of run together to make the time go? Mm-hmm. It was just like, and the gears stopped. And all of a sudden, it was bad. And Ooh, Lord. I was able to keep the, the northbound projection under wraps for the bus ride. But you know what those bathrooms look like on those buses? Hey, when you got to use it, you got to oh use it. Oh, my <laughs> God, dude. And then it, as soon as I get off that bus... Um, barfing going over the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, Yo, food, real food poisoning is the worst, and I hate, I hate it for everybody that gets it. And so, bleep you to the beef jerky that got my man sick. Uh, moving on from gastrointestinal issues, let's go to 
Blake in Myrtle Beach. What up, Blake? Who are you mad at? I'm mad about professors. Bleep you to all professors that just want to open stuff up on Fridays, all assignments, everything they want to make stuff do on Fridays. I can't do it throughout the week. They make it open at 12 a.m. on Friday and make it due at 11.59. Bleep you to professors. I want to go play golf. I want to watch Coastal Baseball. Bleep you to all my professors that make everything due on Fridays, JP. Hey, man. Can I yeah, bleep them, man. I, I'm with you. Obviously, I'm with you. Uh, college is about the experience, not necessarily the education. Is Blake still there? Because I have a follow-up. Yes, I'm here, JP. Blake, you're, you're playing JV, dog. What are you doing with Friday classes in the first place? No, it's not Friday classes. They make it due on Friday. There's nothing I can do about it. They make it due on Friday. I don't have class on Friday. They make my assignments due on Friday. They don't open them you up throughout the week. You have to put on the, the computer these days. Well, I, I, I suppose you could do it earlier, or that's just unheard of, right? Well, uh, Blake, bleep JP because he never did anything early. Definitely yeah, not. No, bleep, bleep, bleep the professors. Bleep the professors. Bleep the professors. All Done. of them. I'm with you. Blake, I, you go to Coastal Carolina, sir? He's gone. Blake is gone. Something tells me Coastal Carolina is a fun place to go to college. Sounds like it. I'm going to play a hunch on that one. <laughs> Sounds um, like it. All right. Is everybody ready? Yes. Uh, I don't know why or what. But there is a certain billionaire NFL owner on the line that may be oh, upset with mad me. At somebody. Hello, Jara. How do you do, sir? Uh, Finley, um, B. Mitch, Landfill, and Walker. Hey, first of all, Blake, uh, Blake, you, you dumbass. Just get your damn subject matter together. Cry baby. Uh, he sounds like he's in remedial classes anyway. But listen, um, <laughs> so was my blank you is to you, Finley. What you I got do? to be the you just being a dumbass. I don't know if uh, that cold, that head cold you got is affecting your brain, but why would you think that I would pay Dan Quinn anything? You dumbass. He took a damn uh, higher paying job. So you don't think you were paying him the last three years, Jerry? No, I don't think I owe him anything when he came to the commanders, and that's what you were insinuating. Oh, I wonder how much Jerry's paying him. No, that's not what I was saying. I that's exactly. <laughs> what I'm saying said. Jerry paid him well when he was in Dallas. If you Jerry pays everybody back, well in Dallas, I, and I paid him well. I paid him four point five million. But you were under the impression that you can go back there, landfill, get your ass at that seat, and go play the replay machine. That was me that said there might be offsets. You were wondering. You were wondering if that we was were Brian, who you never insult. Sorry, that was Brian that said there might be offsets. I said he probably well, had a three-year deal. He was a coordinator. Ass, but I thought you said it. And I, if you said it, Brian, well, then, damn it, you're the dumbass today. <laughs> I um, got to go. Jarrah, well, of all the things to bother you, that seemed particularly minuscule, sir. Yeah, very I'm minuscule. in a pissed-off mood, Finley. I'm, I don't like what's been happening. I didn't like the Super Bowl. I don't like the fact that my coaches are being poached. I don't like any of it. How about that? That, I believe. Go get yourself a, uh, a big old glass of Johnny Walker Blue and relax, sir. Yeah, do that. Now, you can just pile a bunch of those damn wings that that fat bastard uh, Russell gave you and, and then get some more food poison. That's what and it's you bleep you do. also, Jared, not blank you. Jared, go find bleep you. Jared, I know that you're in constant blank. search of the glory hole, sir. Good luck with that search. I have a bleep you for Jared, actually. 
What's yeah. that? For not letting us have Al Harris. Bogus. Yeah. yeah. Jam, yeah. bleep you, dude. Let let people go. If you love something, let it go. Um, and if it come back to you, it's yours. If it doesn't, it never was. Listen, Commander Tequila is on the line. Now, he often sounds like he's imbibing. In he's just he, working hard. Yeah, but yeah, he, 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 work, he starts hard. working yeah. like 3 in the morning. Yes. Hello, Commander Tequila. How do you do? Hey, how you doing, man? I got two What's up, bleeps, brother? man. What, one, hey, brother. One bleep to the 49ers for not doing the effort and not reading what's overtime rules are. Come on, man. Two, my son, a 30-year-old son I have, flew from, from California where he's originally from, and goes out to New York. He's a fashion designer. Now he's calling me every other day for money. Damn, <laughs> man. Pretty boy, Richie. Did you send him any? Oh, hell yeah, I did. I got him. You love your son no matter what, right? Send him some money. I only got daughters. I don't know. Oh, I got daughters, too. I got 10 kids. Damn. You need to wear some condoms, amigo. <laughs> Without no TV, I'll get clipped. Yo, Dr. Joel, he works at a Fairfax hospital. He'll take care of that thing, no problem. Time for you to go to V-Town, sir. Thank you for the call, Commander Tequila. You guys have fun. Bye. All right, man. You too, buddy. Um, oh, wow. We haven't heard Super Bowl champion Matt Stafford. We haven't heard from Matt Stafford in a long time. You know, he got that Super Bowl ring. His wife's got that big, famous podcast. Yeah. Living that L.A. life, time change, all that. Apparently, oh, maybe, he, I don't know, is Matt Stafford there or not? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, Matt, what's, what's up, up dude? Thing? How you been? Hey, I've been well. Uh, you guys did good the other Friday night. I saw you out there. I saw you at the hotel bar there with your older brother. It was good seeing you. Um, nothing's been the same since that girl fell off the stage, though. That's when everything got mixed up in my life. But, um... Huh? Hey, if you label somebody without getting to know them for a few moments, you label yourself ignorant. So if you call somebody a leftist or a MAGA and you don't get to know them first, bleep you. Thank you. Nice well hearing done, from you Matt. again. Thanks, buddy. Right, man. Appreciate you. Who fell off the stage? He's doing a bit when the Rams had their Super Bowl parade oh. and that lady <laughs> fell off the stage and Stafford just kind of backed away because he was hammered. Um, it was a touchdown. He didn't. Kind of way he, had to he didn't money. do anything wrong. I know he, he had to back off. Jeff, um, do you have any bleeps, sir? Because in the text thread, you seemed a little upset. No, I didn't have one, but I am going to use this time to uh, bleep Chris Russell because yeah. yeah, hell yeah, ain't no way you getting on me for doing my job, Brad. When you come over here before your show start an hour early and disrupt us every time. Like, That's JP's fault. JP calls him in every nah, time. Nah, 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 nah. We ain't gonna, we ain't gonna put the blame <laughs> game on nobody on this show. He find his way over here all the time, and I'm tired of it. You know what else he I'm does. tired of? Uh, I'm tired of people else? holding on to their hairlines. If your hairline is in the middle of your head, cut it. Let it go. Ball forever. Jeff did. Ball together. Jeff is really pushing the bald agenda. Jeff's a, Jeff is a baldist. I, I'm yeah, you're a baldist, man. You are a baldist, Jeff. Do you think bald people are superior, Jeff? Yes. No, um, I don't think we are superior. Well, not not some of us. Who's the bald click at work? Jeff, B. Mitch, the Cluster Buster, Cakes. Well, Ed- Jeff, 
Cluster, all they, all theirs just left. I say. I just mine. realized that Jeff's, you know, bald uh, screed is really an attack on uh, Denton Day because he's desperately clinging to oh, the few follicles yeah. he has left. Did, I, did I was not, I was not taking those did, shots did at stop, Denton. Didn't got fingernails in somebody's skin. But what did, does Barkley say? Come on home. I was about to say, but <laughs> come on home, you always welcome, home. brother. You're always welcome. <laughs> um, Landfield. You already oh, voiced boy. some. I, I I just wanted to be sure if there's more voicing you need to do. Uh, and I said bleep you to hydration in the commercial or dehydration in the commercial break. I just are uh, you dehydrated? And I was pounding you, some. Nobody water. Nobody drinks more water than you. Pounded some water to stave off the uh, the dehydration. Okay, good. Um, I believe Jim is in Ashburn on line seven. Uh, Jim, I'm also in Ashburn, and my first name is James. How do you do? Hello, sir. So my big bleep you is to the PGA. I'm tired right. of tournaments starting in the morning, and we can't watch it on TV until 4 o'clock in the afternoon. What are they doing? That's, They're going the opposite direction of every other sport. But that's that's TV. That's not necessarily the PGA. No. the PG, For years and years and years, that was the PGA. And I think a lot of it was done so that the senior tour – and the LPGA had specific television windows. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe, at least for a while, I'm going to do it right now just to see. But I don't think I've ever watched Thursday on most tournaments. No, well, now if you – Until recently, they start putting it on certain other things. But back, you used to always have to wait till Saturday to start watching it. No, you can always watch Thursday afternoon. Not always. As In the last few years, it, it might have been. But, no, it hadn't always been Thursday afternoon you could watch no golf. Well, now there is – I don't know what – I think it's on ESPN Plus. Yeah, if you have ESPN Plus, Jim, you can go watch Riviera right now if you want. I'm doing it. Pull it up. Thanks, guys. No problem. Um, what is good, though, about West Coast golf is – I mean, they'll probably be on the air till what time is sunset? 5, 5.30 these days? About that. What time is the sunset in L.A. today? What time does the sun set in L.A.? Uh, so sunset tonight in L.A. is 5.30. So there should be television coverage till 8.30 on the East Coast. I'm with it. But I'm serious. At golf sometimes didn't show until the weekend. Well, I, I know it used to be like that. But and I the think, Golf Channel came along, and they all show at some tournaments, not all tournaments. I think now more and more – the PGA Tour, everything's on that ESPN Plus. I think they had a big old deal with them. Um, is there any? Is there any other callers? I don't want to askew anybody that took the time to call in. Is is? Do I need to let anybody else get a bleep you off their chest? We're good. We're good. All right. Um, that was a. It was a healthy, healthy uh, bloodletting. Yeah, you there. gotta just let that stress go, man. When you get Bit by a leech, you have to. See, I don't hold blood. it in. I, when they piss me off, I go right at them, right on the bat. Bam, done with it. I think we're aware of that. Um, but yeah, I thought don't that hold it. that was good. Don't hold it. Go to the bathroom. Yeah. We'll be right back. Finley, Peter Rosenberg joins us next. If you guys hear any random shouting or, or banging or breaking of objects, it's because we're now sharing like a uh, four-inch wall with Chris Russell. Um, it's quite loud, quite loud. <laughs> um, right now, though, we're excited to get to the BetQL guest line. Welcome in our friend, Mr. Peter Rosenberg. King Peter. Of New York, Hot 97, ESPN New York. Peter, what's up, man? How are you? Ah, what's happening, guys? What's happening? 
You sound like you're not great, dude. What's you wrong, all right? Peter? No, please. I'm great. I'm great. That was a that was a sigh that that was me letting out the end of the last football season. You know what I mean? That was it. It was yeah. taking a breath and then accepting that in the way too early power rankings, they have us as uh, 31st in the league. It was just taking it all in, you know? I, I get it, man. I mean, that the realization of no football for seven months is a tough one. And, like, it, it, it's, it's this process of being a football fan where it's like, all right, in a couple of weeks the combine's going to be here and we're going to get all – jazzed up about every little morsel of news mm-hmm. then at least you get free agency then they drag it out to the draft, the draft. but like we all know where we are in this cycle and it's it, it, these are the bad times well and then when you look at something silly like too early power rankings that has you 31 even though you know you don't have a quarterback you haven't spent your money yet it, it still is a bit of a wake-up call like even though i, I saw that the other day and, and it's I know it's not a big deal, but it does remind you, oh, yeah, this is basically a rebuild. Like, that's yeah. how we are seen. This is – we're starting over again. Like, we have a couple pieces we like. And, as I said to you guys a little while ago, a rebuild in the NFL in 2024 is certainly not what it used to mean in the 90s. But having us as 31 in the league is not – crazy when you think about what we were for the better part of last season and how many unknowns there are. And you're like, oh, I forgot. We may actually be awful next year. Damn. But see, you, I I mean, let, let me give you a little hope, though, Peter. Here we go. You don't have to – you got to realize that where they put you now means absolutely nothing. You can always grow and move forward. I wonder where the Texans were this Who, time last year. Who's last, Peter? Um, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if the Panthers were last and the Panthers, it was Panthers. finished. It was, it was Panthers. Thank you, JP. Yeah. yeah. So they're last. And where did we finish? I, I agree. But I do think it's okay. I almost think it's important for us with fans to have realistic expectations that this is a rebuild. And I recognize why Dan Quinn doesn't want to say that. He wanted to call it a, a recalibration. Cool, man. You're the coach. Like, you're supposed to have some coach speak on that topic. But. <laughs> The reality is you went 4-13, and and in a league where almost everybody has at least one pro bowler, you had none. Like, that's the reality. But, see, Dan Quinn will tell you that's not my team. I'm going to come in here and I'm going to change it up. I'm going to give it a little bit more, give more life to this uh, organization. Energy. And I think ultimately that's what we need to look at. Listen, man, I can look at last year and I can just let it go right where it's at last year. Because it was a, lo- a lot of BS that was wrong with that team. And you had no energy starting from the top that was leading the whole football part. And you can't worry about that anymore. It's a good point. It's a good point, B. Mitch, too, because when you think about the top of that organization, those were a lot of people at the top who knew that they were going to be gone. A lot. Yeah. Like, that's that's going into a season – with your leadership being like, imagine this is our swan song. And you just have to believe on some level that permeates the players. It's impossible that it doesn't. So, yeah, it, it, does, it does make you realize last year is really hard to base very much on. Yeah, I agree with that. Kind of where they are now going forward, um, 
we know about the coordinators. I think the Anthony Lynn hire is pretty interesting, a guy with a, a, a deep, deep understanding of the run game. I think if, if there was a criticism of the Cliff Kingsbury hire, it was, man, that offense gets pretty – pretty static late in seasons as, as people become accustomed to the passing concepts and how can he modernize the run game? What, what do you make of them getting Anthony Lynn, you know, fresh off a Super Bowl appearance season anyway, coordinating the Niners run game? Not, not to mention, you know, Lynn was part of the Chargers when they drafted, developed Justin Herbert. Um, I, that one stands out to me. I'm curious how, if, if it made any impact on you. Not much, but I, I do think he's someone who's potentially an exciting coordinator. You know, a guy who may be a suspect head coach, but certainly an, an interesting coordinator who's had success. I, I'll tell you this, got me a little bit more excited, with all due respect, than seeing the name David Blau pop up today, um, who <laughs> is, a, is, a, is a bit of a legend on my show because we were having – we were having a conversation at some point around the Kaepernick years, like when it was always, when we were always having the conversation of like, why isn't Kaepernick playing? Who is he better than? And David Blau was starting one week, and my co-host Don, reading this completely straightforward, not trying to be funny, but just proving how unknown these guys are. When trying to name who was playing that week, he he now famously said. Are you familiar with the work of David Blow? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Isn't it? Um, He's lived yeah. in my imagination for a long time. But, yeah, no, none of the names. I mean, none of the names I see pop up make me feel very much. I mean, they all – listen, we have a history of having good coordinators on this team at times. Um, and some of which go unrecognized and underappreciated and are gone. And then we've had big-name coordinators who turn out to be a total joke. So uh, I, I hate to be that guy who doesn't have much to say on it, but I don't. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, I don't know. Like, we were talking about how folks are now really getting excited for this coaching staff, and there's a lot of experience, and you've got, you know, two members of the offensive staff have been head coaches. Like, there's there's a lot of reasons to be excited but if you go back four years, people were really excited about Jack Del Rio as the defense coordinator. If you go back one year, people were really excited about Eric Bieniemy as offensive coordinator. Um, depending how far back you go, people didn't know that Kevin O'Connell could do the job, right? Like what, what the collective group knows at this stage of the game isn't what matters. It, it's what starts to happen this fall when the games matter. Um, but it is kind of fascinating to to watch and to think, especially Kingsbury getting this opportunity when most probably thought he might wait around and get a college head coaching job or something. And then to – I was listening to – and, Peter, I don't know if you listened to this or not. Um, pardon my take, had RG3 on. And the interview was good because those guys will press him a little bit. And, and Robert seems – I mean, hell, think about it. Robert's rocket ship rookie year was twelve years ago now. Like, like a lot of time has a lot, a lot of time has passed. He's had a bunch of kids. I'm sure there's like a, a significant maturation process with all of it. Um, and, and yet, like, there really hasn't been excitement to that level or a quarterback drafted at that level at number two, right? And and it sure seems like that's coming. I think this thing turns into overdrive 
once we know, and whether that happens draft night or prior to who that quarterback's going to be, is that when you think it'll start to feel different for you? No, I mean, listen, I, I have B. Mitch in my head right now, which is, and B. Mitch is telling me in my head, let's not win the off season, right? Let's let's not get yep. caught up. <laughs> let's not get caught up again doing that. I mean, I just the thing that I want to be different between now and the Snyder years is things like keeping score in the off season. You know, think about how many times during the Snyder years. We had we got the big splash free agent signing. We got Bruce Smith. We got Deion Sanders. We got Jeff George. How far back we want to go? We we got we, we we made we had draft picks that were incredibly exciting. And when the when everything's not in place, it, it just doesn't matter. So um, I, listen, I will be paying attention to draft night more than I normally do. I'm I've said this to you guys before. I'm not a big draft party guy. This is a year where I will certainly at least be watching the first half hour of the draft. Um, and, and obviously I'd be a little concerned. I saw the other day, the prospect, someone was speculating on different trade ideas and they had us traded out of the top 10. That did concern me as an idea. Um, certainly do I think like we should. I, I certainly think we should and we'll be picking up top. But yeah. I don't, I, I, JP, I just don't, it, let me get someone in camp and, and see what they feel like and, and, and see if we have something we can believe in. Because even if it's Caleb Williams, right, even if it's Drake May, the, the guy you're most excited about, this thing is such a crapshoot. When you think about the, the – it seems like the only team in the league it's not a crapshoot for is the Green Bay Packers. Everybody else is taking a guess, man. <laughs> That's frustrating. Um, let me ask you two non-football ones going into the NBA All-Star break. What is the vibe in Manhattan or just in the city in general – with the Knicks, I mean, playing legit good basketball. Well, it's been amazing, and now this last week and a half has been really brutal. It, it's this, this yeah, injury that call bug, against Houston, right? And and this injury bug, they are down basically everybody. They are playing Jalen Brunson. They got him back after a really quick injury. He came back probably too quickly, but OG Ananobi's out. Julius Randle's out. Mitchell Robinson is out. Hardenstein's out. This is a team that is just – this is an incredibly deep team, maybe the deepest team in the East, and yet all of their players are out. So it's, it's, it's been a tough week for them, and they lost out going into the break. So it's one of those things you had an incredible first half of the year, but when you lose uh, you know, four or five heading into the break, obviously you, you, the little bit of the shine is off. But the belief is – this team will be healthy, and I think this fan base is expecting, honestly, a conference finals appearance from the Knicks this year. Ooh. Dude, I just look good enough for that. They, they they are absolutely capable. I mean, let, let's see who the Milwaukee Bucks turn out to be, right? Like, I don't right. know who this Bucks team with Doc Rivers is. I'll tell you one thing. You guys know I'm a Celtics fan. The Celtics are not deep. So – there is a possibility that a, a team that's not as talented could give the Celtics a, a tough run because of those depth problems. Um, but you know, listen, if I'm, if I'm picking it, I'm still picking the Celtics out of the East. But guys, I'll tell you, this Knicks team, if they get healthy and it doesn't happen too late where they really suffer and end up low in the standings, this is a team that could be a lot of fun. I think all of us would agree, even though none of us are Knicks fans, the playoffs would be a lot more fun if the Knicks were a real threat. Yeah, I agree. I feel like the last time that happened yeah. was like 
Patrick Ewing and Charles Oakley. <laughs> That's a long time ago. Um, I, I guess there were those like Mario Camby, Latrell Sprewell years. We could have we could have literally been watching. We could have been watching the last time they meant a lot at Jody Rosen's uh, apartment um, on right off campus there. <laughs> That's true. Um, in Dude, Park. I just I just looked this up. They they only dressed nine players last night, and everybody played. <laughs> Everybody's yeah, supposed bro. to play. You got nine players. I mean that. You're, <laughs> that is. I mean, damn. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But last week, last week was when they made the move when they picked up Bogdanovich. That that they had seven one night because they had gotten two players in the trade. So they. Oh wow. That's, wow. That's the kind of last. Did they lose that game. Oh, oh, they lost. Oh, they lost. Um, they lost. You win that game. Well, that team you playing? They they must suck. Kyrie hung him, up, hung him up that night. Listen, I'll just say this though, you know, it, in one sense it's a bummer for them to go in the in the playoff, uh, the, the, the All Star break like this. In another sense, guys, is there a better time to be dealing with all this and heading right into the break and grabbing a week? It kind of worked yeah. out perfectly for them. Totally. Yeah. Um, last one, Peter. Uh, going into the All Star break, the Wizards have nine wins. Alex Ovechkin has fourteen goals on the season. <laughs> um, the Wiz, we, we, we did the math. Both, both have about, call it 30 games left. Um, I, I think the Caps have a fewer games left than the Wizards do. You can have the Wizards plus five. We've got more. Wiz wins or OV goals. But, you, but with the Wizards, you're getting plus five? Plus five. No, nah, I'm, I'm still taking OV goals, bro. <laughs> so far, everyone is taking OV me. goals, yeah. Um, thank it, you, dude. Well, at Always... a certain point, you don't want to win anymore if you're the Wizards. It wouldn't even make sense. And you, come on, it's Ovi, bro. I think it's Ovi. Uh, thank you, dude. Always appreciate your time, man. Hi, Pete. Have a great weekend, DMV. Peace. All, All right. right. That's our guy, Peter Rosenberg. You give him a follow at Rosenberg Radio. You know what else you should give a follow to? Orsman Automotive of Virginia. Whether you're looking to buy a car or maybe you're looking to sell your car, check out the good folks at Orsman Automotive of Virginia. They've got seven locations all over Northern Virginia, from Alexandria to Chantilly, and they can set you up with whatever you need. You need something big to lug the kids around, maybe a minivan or a Suburban or something, they got it. You want something small, something sporty, go check out all the different kind of Jeeps and Kias they've got. They've got everything you can look for, great finance options, great lease options, and Brian and I are repeat customers. We're definitely repeat customers. If you want to be treated like you like you feel you should, go over to Kia, right there, Orsman Kia in Chantilly. Uh, my man Billy will take care of you. Billy and Chantilly will always take care of you, and he'll make that experience a lot easier than it normally is. You also get the Orsman Lifetime Edge. You get up to $1,500 in extras, including complimentary car washes with every schedule maintenance, and you get a loaner car with every major maintenance. And you also have that Orsman Lifetime Engine Guarantee. I just got a electric car from them, the EV9, very new. But you know what? I had no hassle whatsoever while I was there. Make sure you go over there and check them out. And Orsman, they always like to keep their, their customers happy. Just like JP and I, we're very much satisfied with the, or how Orsman treats us. So let's ride together. If anybody's curious what just happened, blame Chris Russell. It's that simple. You can tweet him. Let's all do this. Everybody that listens to our program that uses Twitter, this will throw him for a serious loop because that dude's obsessed with Twitter. Um, everyone... I'd like you to go to your app on your phone. And what what's his handle, Lampel? I want to get it right. Uh, at, I believe it's at Russellmania six two one. At Russellmania six two one. Two S's, two L's. I want everybody 
to just tweet at Russell right now, I blame you. No explanation, nothing. Just tweet those that exact thing. WrestleMania? WrestleMania 621. Right I'm going to do it right now. I'm doing it too. Um, Jeff, Landfill, are you doing it? Capitalize. Yes. I'm, I'm putting all yes. caps too. I'm on this that, one. I mean, listen. If everybody was jumping off a bridge, I advise you don't. But if everybody is tweeting at WrestleMania 621, I blame you. Enough. I suggest you do it. And I'm a hashtagging. I love it. I you sent know, it. Be, I, I, Hashtag your fault. Yeah, now you're talking. I love it. Um, now, we do have some bets to go over, uh, including a big old winner. Let's get to her here first. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. All righty, Jeff. Fellas, I have some good news. Let's Everybody go. won? Everybody hit their bet last night. Yep. What's the bad news? Did every- and I'm going to let you know the standings. Standing at 4-0, and we got B. Mitch. Damn, B. Yeah. Standing at 3-0, and we got JP. Woo! At 2-1, and we got Landfill. And at 2-2, two and two, we got Jeff Walker for president. I got a plan to win this day. Got to play to win. And I don't um, know who I have for tonight. Now, we, we all should give Denton Day some credit last night with the Detroit thank you, Denton. Mercy We pick. gave it to him earlier when we, we did. We did. I'm just saying. That was a good pick. Denton saw one. He said he saw something, and he said something. Appreciate you, Denton. Uh, does anybody have one for tonight? I'm taking Florida Atlantic minus 19.5 and, and Purdue minus 16.5 parlay season. They're trying to come back. That was literally my, my bet. I think you should go with it because somebody. I'm gonna go with it. That's terrifying. Matter of fact, I hate yeah, everything. I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go with it. Um, I am three and zero. B is four and zero. So the only way for me to win is to parlay correctly. Yeah. Oof. I'm not sure. I love those chances. Oh, shout out to my guy Pete Bergen. You know Pete from Chadwick's mm-hmm. back in the day. He just I it just popped up. He tweeted at Russell. I blame you. Appreciate you, Petey. Um. Listen, Matt Carroll's doing it wrong. Matt Carroll just asked me, what are we blaming Russell for? It doesn't just, matter, Matt. Just do it, Matt. Either, either join the club or get out of the way. Give me Portland. Stop asking questions, Mom. Yeah, dude. God. I kind of like, you're on Portland, B? Yeah. And that's it? No parlay for you? No, don't need one. All right, well, I need one. Yeah, when you try to win one, you're going to lose it. I'm not a parlayer, but. No, no, uh, you're not. Here we go. I will also take Portland, and I'll take Utah getting two at home with Steph coming in. That's where you're going to lose that. We'll see. We shall see. Okay. Uh, I hope everybody out there is tweeting at Russell, I blame you. That's that's your homework <laughs> What tonight. do we blame them for? It Don't ask that question. Just do what we actually do. It doesn't matter, damn it. Thank you to everybody that listened to the program He just today. talked about it on his show. What'd he say? He blames – he thinks you're responsible for it, J.P. <laughs> He it's, is. It's not me. <laughs> if, if that proves anything, it's that Russell won't take accountability for his own actions. We blame you because it's your fault, Chris. <laughs> Thank you to everybody that called into the program today. Oh, Thank boy. you to John Kime. Thank you to Peter Rosenberg. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury and Joe Witt will be up next. You can hear them live right here on 106.7 The Fan. You made it as far. Oh, you bar.
Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.